Hey lovelies, this episode is going to be a little bit different than other episodes of Be Impactful because it is in celebration of a very special moment. Impact Fashion was founded on the belief that we are all deserving of the beautiful things life has to offer. And it is in that vein that I am taking what is already the most inclusive, modest fashion line and making it even more inclusive. From now on, all of my designs will be available in sizes 2 through 28 or extra small through 3X, depending on the style. Just like a 2X in my line is equivalent to a size 22-24, a 3X will be equivalent to a size 26-28. I'm going to be implementing this expanded size range on every design that is cut going forward, starting with the fifth date dress. The fifth date dress is currently available for pre-order in sizes extra small through 3X, and it is what happens when you take the unique drape and bow detailing of the fifth date top and combine it with the never fail cocoon body shape of the snuggle dress made of 100% organic cotton for the perfect lightweight fit the fifth date dress is what you pull out when you need to be put together but cool this summer pre-orders are fully returnable and guaranteed to ship by July 17th pre-orders only open for a limited time if you go to impactfashionnyc.com and see it available you can still pre-order I will be closing the pre-order overnight on Wednesday to view and pre-order my newest designs and the first of many that will be available in extra small through 3X, head over to impactfashionnyc.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at impact.fashion.nyc or find me on WhatsApp status at 516-953-9391. In celebration of this moment and also to reflect on where we need to take modest fashion going forward, I hopped on an Instagram live with Miriam Pascal Cohn. We were spontaneously joined by Rahama Jaffe Rosenzweig from Dirama and Annette Han from SC's Online, two women helming other fantastic modest fashion brands. This episode is the audio from that Instagram live, and I hope you enjoy. From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm so excited to be doing this with you, Rifki. Um, if it's okay, I want to give a job an introduction why I'm doing this. Because um, obviously, I'm not a fashion influencer. Um, Mary, I'm wearing a sweatshirt. I'm wearing my coziest sweatshirt. <laughs> I was going to be wearing a tuckle, but I was like, I guess I should put on a wig to be on Instagram. Also, a little uh, fun thing for those of you who um, follow me. I'm doing this in a room, by the way, that I've never been in, in a live before. This is my actual studio. I was going to say, is this your prop closet? Yes, part of it. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, there's so much more. I can't really show you the whole room because it's a mess. And then also off to this side, um, wow, I'm like <laughs> trying to show. Um, I now share it with my husband. So it's like his study and my studio. And wow. it's um, a very functional <laughs> room. But um, yeah, so over there. Those are some of the dishes that you'll see in my pictures. And um, anyway, back to why I'm doing this. This is obviously not my industry. I have no expertise at all. That is all I'm really <laughs> I am only here because when I did my stories um, and so many people shared with me, one of the, the stories that really upset me and, and really like hurt me is the stories about people who can't find clothing. And so much credit to so many of the from brands and so many of the from influencers i'm going to give a specific shout out to Alyssa goldwater if um, you're watching hi Alyssa. um there's definitely been a huge awareness in the last few years uh, i don't know a few but in the last 
couple of years. I would say it's probably definitely... in like the last two years, it's gotten okay. much better. Well, I trust you because yeah. you know this industry, not me. But um, there's definitely been an improvement. But when you don't fit into the plus sizes that stores are carrying, and we'll get into how the sizing runs and all of that. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff coming tonight. But when you don't fit into that, I think it's more painful than when you don't fit into regular things. And so I heard this from so many people. And in fact, and I told this to Rifki, I hope you don't mind no, me share it publicly. I know, I know what you're going to say. I told Rifki that a few people said to me, even Impact Fashion, who is so into being, um, Rifki is so into being inclusive and yet her stuff doesn't fit me. And I, I said, you know, me and Rifki are friends. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask her about it. And so I went to Rifki and I said, this is a message I'm getting from people. And they're, they're really like struggling. They want to look good. They want to be wearing the cute, trendy Jewish clothing. Um, that everybody else is wearing and, and, you know, the inclusivity is not wide enough. Is this something you've ever considered? And she said to me at the time, this was going back a while, that it was something she was very, very much concerned about and wanted to work on and was working on. And she said, I have something in the works. (laughs) So (laughs) that something in the works is finally here. So we're very, I'm very excited to talk about this. Um, We have a lot of questions and I have to admit, I haven't really been watching the comments yet. I don't know if they're just I'll like be, people joining I'll or. I'll keep an eye on the comments and you okay. monitor the anonymous link. Okay. Um, and I'm going to also get to the, the two question boxes that I posted. And obviously any questions you have, Rifki is an open book, which is one of the reasons I love her. Um, <laughs> this is why we get along, everybody. <laughs> she She's not here to like cover her, cover up whatever, you know. Um, I do want to set the tone for this. I know Rifki and I have discussed this also. A lot of the questions and comments that I got about this were very negative towards other brands um and i'm not going to name them but i'm also going to try to reframe things a little bit more positively because just because someone's not there yet doesn't mean they're not trying so a brand that used to sell up to a large or an extra large it's now selling up to a 2x even if that 2x is not a real whatever we'll get to so much of this we're still they're trying and we're not trying we're not here to trash anyone we're not here to disparage anyone um so this is I not just, that kind of party. Not uh, at any, all. If, I, so I just want to state, like, just very sure. clearly from the outset, um, if there are any comments, either publicly or um, privately, to either Miriam or myself about specific brands that come in um, that are less than kind in nature, let's say, use your imagination, um, we will delete them, we will block you. This is not that kind of party. Our goal here is to bring awareness. Our goal here is to talk about the ways that we can all do better and the ways that we relate to people of all sizes. Um, and we are not here to trash anyone. So we're just getting that out of the way because we all know that y'all are fun to hang out right. with, so we won't have that problem. Right. right? Okay, good. Um, yes, these are, this is a positive live. We're here to make a positive impact. Um, yes. So should we get started? Should, I want to start with where, where I was coming from on this whole issue. Okay. So I'm sure that everyone knows by now that um, I think it was a couple of months ago at this point, um, you opened up the conversation about um, how people above a certain size are treated in from society. And there was a real change that came out of that conversation. Um, there's actually a really amazing episode of the Be Impactful podcast that Mary and I recorded at the yeah, time. I'm going to link it to my stories. It was it's one of my favorite episodes that I've ever done. And I've done almost 200 of them. Um, it, it, there was a lot of really <laughs> tangible things that came out of that conversation and we around that time was when like you said you brought it to my attention that people were saying you know impact fashion goes up to a size 24 and that doesn't cover me 
And on my end, this was something that I was also hearing. I was hearing it from my customers who were trying on sizes 22, 24, either at home from ordering online um, or at pop-ups, and they just it just wasn't fitting them. Um, I was hearing it from people who were kind of sending me their measurements and asking me what size they should order, and I didn't have what to give them. And that really sucks. It was It was really hard on my end, especially because I am so committed to being as inclusive as possible and falling short in that way was really, really difficult. And the truth is, is that this is not an exclusively from fashion problem. Um, when you wear above a size 24, your options drop off significantly. And that is across the board. That's not just in from fashion, that's in wider fashion as well. Generally, when wider fashion tries to define what plus size is, there's a bit of a, like an argument, a bit of a machlokas of whether that's like 16, 18, 20, whatever, somewhere around there is when plus sizes will start. And they'll usually go until about a size 24 and then nothing, like, and then nothing. And then, and then women were telling me that they're in men's clothes, um, you know, that they're buying like men's oversized t-shirts and wearing that and like trying to put a belt on it, um, which in my, in my view is unacceptable. And also as a small business, you face limitations. Miriam, you're coming to us live from your prop closet. I'm coming to you live <laughs> from my studio, which is a bedroom in my parents' house. And there's only so much storage space in that bedroom. And um, I have taken over enough of my parents' house that I cannot take over more storage space elsewhere. So I'm limited in what I can store and sell. And I'm also limited in what I can produce. I'm limited in the time that my factory has. I'm limited in other ways. Um, so at the time when we were speaking, I had been thinking about this for a while. It had come up several times and I was trying to figure out if there was a way that on the manufacturing end, I could make it happen to be expanding the size range um, and ultimately was able to do that. And that's where we're at now, where I am expanding the line to include sizes 26 and 28 um, or a 3X on styles that run extra small through 2X. And I will, um, and I'm, I'll be doing that on every style going forward. So I can't recut pieces like, I can't just go and make everything now in a 26, 28. That's just not how production works. But going forward, any new style that I make or any time that I recut um, and, you know, a great classic piece that everybody loves, I'll be adding those sizes to the line. Um, and that's where I'm approaching this from a small business. And I think that that's the first place where we should start, which is why don't more people just make more sizes? Because when it, com when it comes to making sizes, there's a couple of, of things to understand. Um, the, the different SKUs that you have in a fashion line, the more SKUs that you have, and a SKU is a unique individual product. So if I make a dress in black and a dress in blue, then let's say a size 14 of that dress in black is different from a size 14 of that dress in blue, right? Because they're two different products. So when you have, uh, when you have more SKUs, your cost in production goes up. Factories will generally charge you by the hour for what's called a cutting table. It's a big old table where they cut fabric. And if it takes them longer to cut fabric, if they're cutting more sizes, then that's going to cost more. They'll generally charge by the piece when you are sewing things together. And if you're sewing more sizes, you're sewing more pieces, that's more expensive. And for that reason, a lot of lines, especially when they start out, will limit their sizes. Um, and I did this also. When I first started in 2016 and I was selling in wholesale, I, don't, I was trying to remember on my way, like on my drive over here, if I ended at a 14 or a 16. I think it was a 16. Um, but that's, I was two through 16 because I picked a number out of a hat. Like that was really, there was no thought given to it at all. Um, but I was told that I could only cut that many sizes. So it was, okay, pick whatever your sizes are. And of course, fashion starts at a size two. So they told me I could do, they must've told me I could do eight. So then I did, okay, two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, six. Okay, great. Those are my sizes. Um, and I also want to point out everyone around me and everyone in my life 
fit in that size range. I didn't know anybody who was above a size 16. So I didn't, it really didn't occur to me um, until I started getting more and more feedback on the line. And this is why, by the way, small business owners listen to your customers and you, and, and I just thought, okay, this is something that needs to be expanded. And I was able to negotiate with the factories. And at the time I was able to, uh, eventually I was able to expand to an 18 and then eventually to a 24. And I hung out at a 24 for quite some time. Um, and the reason why people don't do it is because it's expensive. That's it. It's really expensive. And I think that we need to respect that fact. Businesses have to make money. They just do. If they don't make money, they, they don't exist. And businesses are not chesed organizations, right? Nobody's just randomly giving me a donation right. to, you know, I mean, I guess if you wanted to, you could, but like, don't do that by dresses. <laughs> but like, it's just not a thing that people do, right? It's not like, right. I'm a, like I'm a chesed organization dedicated to making things more inclusive. Maybe I should do that. That would actually be really fun. Whatever, side note. But Oh my gosh, I wonder if like people would donate money to like, have brands to like help subsidize brands for bigger sizes. There's absolutely no way that anybody would give money to that. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, I said this is going to be a positive only live, but I did get some comments that were really upsetting and like, what, like, I didn't want to say the comments, but like, why is it needed? Just change your life. And I, I want to, okay. I'm glad that you brought that up. Okay. Because wow, we're jumping comments. right in. <laughs> no, we're going right in. Hello. Nothing's off the table. You know, this, this again, this is why me and Mary are friends. Um, the, I think that I, I got similar comments comments. Why, why do we need this? Um, people should just get their life together. Um, it's really not good for you. Um, why are you supporting obesity? Why are you promoting obesity? All of these types of things. Miriam and I, fun fact, not doctors, not medical professionals of any type. Please do not get your medical advice from a fashion designer and a food blogger on the internet. Your second <laughs> PSA of the evening. That, that's such a revolutionary idea that you I should know, get your right? Um, and by the way, if, if you are a fashion designer or an influencer or food blogger on the internet, don't give out medical advice. You are not qualified. But either way, whether or not you I, Sorry, I just need to interrupt with a funny fact. When I did a Q&A and one of the questions was, what do you think about Ozempic? And my response was, I'm not a medical professional, so I'm not qualified to have a public opinion about Ozempic. I got like so many doctors, nutritionists, pharmacists were like DMing me saying, thank you for not right, exactly. being a right. doctor. That's a drug. We should not be talking about it. 100%. It's I one of my literally no training. It's one of my biggest pet peeves on the internet is just like seeing people just talking about things that they have absolutely no business talking about. So we're going to leave the, we're like, we're not talking about a, we're not having a health discussion here because neither of us are at all qualified to have that discussion. Whether or not you want to say, oh, we're promoting obesity. This is so terrible for you. This is so bad. I don't think that anyone can make the argument that there are people on this earth who deserve to be naked. Because that's really what you're saying. If you are saying that clothing should not come above a certain size, then you are saying that there are real living humans who walk this earth, who go to your schools, who go to your shuls, who you see every day, who we walk past on the street, who do not deserve to have clothes on their body. How so, dare you? My, my take, the way I understand it, and again, um, for those of you who followed my weight stories and read my article and listened to my podcast with Rifki, um, my take, the way I understood it, is that these are people saying by making someone feel comfortable ish <laughs> you're 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 making their life less miserable if you have size that 
fit clothing that fits a size 26 28 you're making that person you're making their life better and they're therefore you're saying like if you don't make their life better this is the way i understood it if you don't make their life better what you're gonna what's gonna happen is they're gonna have more pressure to lose weight like they'll be miserable enough to lose weight because they can't get dressed nicely for a simple they can't get dressed for shops and yet and that is such a cruel idea How this you? idea that like if you make someone miserable enough like what 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 are you what are you expecting and and i, I think it's fair to say everybody <laughs> everybody who's overweight to any degree like they understand where they they are and they understand what they're what the problems are and whatever and to say oh like let's just just make them miserable enough to change their life. A, it's not so simple, but B, making someone miserable is not the way to do it. It like, never worked. Who's ever. ever been, I mean, maybe there are people who, who really felt like they couldn't, whatever, so they had to lose weight, but it's just not the way to do it. It's like you make your kid miserable enough, they're going to start following your rules. That's not the way you encourage change in someone's life and so the way i understood it is like oh don't make their life better right which is really and, and, a cruel way to do things right and right it's it's a cruel way to approach it i do want to and i i think this might be uh, something that we differ on which is fine we don't have to agree on everything i want to push back on the notion that everybody above a certain size is miserable that's just that's not true i, I have plenty I don't of mean miserable i i mean whatever difficulties someone has they have it and that's that you right. don't need to make it worse. 100%. 100% I would agree with yes, that. Yes, let's be realistic. Someone who's above a certain size will be not as comfortable in, in an airplane seat or in a stadium 100%. seat or whatever. There's, there's, there's difficulties that might come with being above whatever size. But you don't have to enhance those difficulties by intentionally trying not to cater to people and thereby making them like say, oh, I'm so miserable. Now I right. have to go on a diet or something like that. Exactly. Also... In the, in the world that we live in today, where, like, I wear a size 14, and I feel pressure to be smaller. Do you really think that someone who wears a size 26, 28 doesn't also feel that pressure? I wish we didn't. I wish that wasn't the reality of where we right. were at. I wish that we could be more accepting. Um, and if you followed me for any length of time, you know that that's something I'm very passionate about. But you're not telling anybody anything they haven't heard before or that they don't so know so funny because already. in my stories for the last few days before shabbos i was also talking about shidduchim which is, seems to be the next issue i'm i'm tackling which yeah. i don't know why like i'm a food blogger why do i do these things but um it, it's people i get so many comments people saying like that people are telling them like the clock is ticking or like you you know you're getting older you have to find someone and it's like the same thing like you think someone doesn't know what what is wrong right. with you like yes right. anyone who's in a situation knows and if they're so oblivious that they don't know then like you're not gonna help them trust me right then there are other problems here that we need to address like that's you're not you're not telling something anything that they haven't heard before and really all that you're saying is you need to hide in a corner until you are acceptable enough to be seen by people right. that's, that's all that you're so saying awful. which is really like how dare you how dare you decide who gets to get dressed? Now, I also want to acknowledge that, see, even like when, and, and this is something I spoke to you about when I was, you know, like ready to start talking about expanding the size range, there are people who are not going to be covered by this expansion. Um, and that sucks. 
that really sucks when even like I was already the most inclusive line and now the most inclusive line is becoming more inclusive and it still doesn't fit. And I think that it's important to hold space for that because it sucks. Like that sucks. It's just not possible. So a comment came in that I want to address right, right away, because I think it's important. She I said, totally have not been looking at any yeah, of the it's comments. Fine. I, I'm very good at multitasking. I can look in 10 directions at once. She says, Rifki, I would challenge your statement that you didn't know people above a size 16. It doesn't seem possible at all, especially with from fashion tight sizing. When I say a tight a 16, I don't mean a from 16. When I said it, when I said a 16, I do not mean a from 16. You are 100% right that from fashion runs incredibly small. And this is a an important thing that we need to get to. When people say that the number inside your clothing does not matter, there are two ways to interpret that. People say you are worthy and beautiful and gorgeous no matter what size you are. I agree with that statement. But when I say that the number inside your clothing is truly, truly worthless, um, I mean that that number doesn't mean anything. And I have the best way to explain this. There, um, there are some recipes that I have from my great-grandmother, that my family has from my great-grandmother. And those recipes are written out using a glass as a unit of measurement. The specific one that I'm thinking of is a, um, it's for crepla, which for anyone who's not familiar, it's kind of like Yiddish dumplings. And there's a dough recipe. And the recipe reads something along the lines of three glasses flour, one glass water, a little bit of salt, some something else. I don't, I don't remember what else was in the recipe. Now the glass that that recipe is referring to is a specific glass from a specific set that my great grandmother had in her kitchen. And that glass was passed down to my grandmother. So when my grandmother made that recipe, she did that glass. Um, she made that glass and she was able to make those recipes. Well, guess what? Those glasses started cracking and everyone in the family started panicking because if we didn't, if we didn't have that glass, then that recipe wouldn't work anymore. So what did we do? One day, I don't remember which of the cousins it was, I'm not going to take credit for it because it was somebody older than me, said, we need to measure out how much this glass is. So they took that very specific glass, they measured it out, and it turns out that that glass was a cup and a third, which is a weird wonky measurement. Who writes recipes using a cup and a third? But that's how my great-grandmother did them. So what happened in this story, once we had that measurement that a glass is a cup and a third, we were able to write out the recipes and everyone in the family was able to make them. Okay, first I would like the crepe recipe, please, and thank you. I will, I will get it for you. I promise <laughs> I will get it for you. Um, it's too late to call my grandmother after we are done, but I will get it for you tomorrow, I promise. Okay, thank um, you. Actually, my brother might have it, but yes, I will get you the crepe recipe. It's fantastic. That's a, it's very, also a very good analogy. I think you're helping people like me who are now into fashion to understand. And I think I can, I can give the nimshell if you will. Please. Uh, so I, the, the measuring the glass is the inches measurements rather than um, going by numbers on, on the Correct. label. So what happens when, when we cook, we all have an agreed upon unit of measurement that we use. We use cups, we use tablespoons, we use teaspoons, right? Well, and those are, those are not in America, you have a much better agreed upon unit of measurement, which is grams. And Correct. But we're not going to go there. We don't like Europeans. We're New Yorkers, Miriam. Or you're from Jersey, whatever. What? You're from New York originally, though. No. I was going to say, I'm, I'm a New Yorker. You live in Jersey, but whatever. It's fine. No, I'm, I'm a New Yorker. I was born in, and raised in New York. So there you go. Exactly. We don't think about Europe. We're arrogant that way until they send their gross Canadian smog to us. But either way, the... When, By the way, I think I have a conspiracy theory that Canada isn't real. <laughs> We're going to leave that. I just mentioned before anyone gets angry at me that my father is Canadian and grew up in Montreal. So don't get mad. That was just a joke. <laughs> 
Oh, that was amazing. Okay. Anyways, um, when you are, we have an agreed upon unit of measurement that we use to measure around people's bodies. It's called inches. And when you're using your inches, different fashion brands will take different amounts of inches and they will convert them into something called a size. So there is no standardized unit of measurement for fashion sizes. I cannot emphasize this enough. Each individual brand makes it up, literally makes it up, pulls numbers out of a hat and makes it up. And so what happens is, is that when we have different people all making up different things, let's say take a size eight, you have different people all making up what a size eight is, you end up with five size eights that are all different sizes and that all fit different people. So when I say that the number inside your clothes doesn't matter, I mean it is a perfectly useless piece of information unless it has an actual inch measurement tied to it. Now this, by the way, is one of the best ways that you can shop online for yourself. If you are looking at a brand and they cannot give you a fashion, a, a measurement with inches of a particular size that you're looking at, that to me is the biggest red flag that they either don't know what they're doing or don't care about sizing. And I would run very far in the opposite direction, particularly if this item is final sale. The, when you think about how fashion develops and how from fashion specifically is developed, from fashion in the last five years, maybe even like, I want to say five to eight years, was really founded by women who saw, you know what, nobody's making modest fashion that doesn't need a shell. I really don't want to be wearing a shell. I'm going to start designing clothes. And, I th and that comes from a wonderfully pure place. It really, truly does. And I cannot emphasize that enough, just how fantastic something like that is. But the person thinking that thought might not necessarily have a technical background in fashion. They might not know how to make something, and they may be relying on somebody else to develop their sizes, develop their styles, make their patterns, design the clothes. And there's nothing wrong uh, with that. Rifki, sorry to interrupt. Can you just tell everybody your background and training so they understand? Oh, um, oh yeah, we skipped that part. Hi, everyone. My name is Rifki. I'm a couture trained dressmaker, seamstress, and pattern maker, and I've been sewing since I'm 10 years old. Um, what that means is that I know how to design, engineer, and construct a garment so that it fits on lots of different people. And so that not only it fits on lots of different people, but so that it looks good on lots of different people. And there's a real architecture to it. And there's a lot of schooling that goes into learning that. And I've done all of that. And when you have someone who has founded a fashion company, and maybe, this is not true across the board, but maybe does not know, does not have that, that same kind of background, right. then they may be looking at a size chart, which may be translated into inches that they've gotten from their factory, and then not really know what they're looking at. And so if they themselves usually wear like a size extra small, let's say, and they tend to be on the smaller side, I don't know why that is, they just do. And if they, when they go, you know, when they, when they go shopping, they tend to wear a size extra small, so they make a size extra small and then they try it on and it fits them, then they may not realize that there could be serious flaws in their size chart, particularly as they try to extend it. So what ends up happening is that you end up with all of these clothes by the way, this problem gets exacerbated even more if you're dealing with an online, with a with an overseas factory from an Asian country, and the average Asian woman is just much smaller than the average American woman. So right. you end up with all of these clothes that run, let's say, extra small through extra large, and that extra large, if you put it in a Macy's or in a Nordstrom, would really be equivalent to like an eight. 
And if I'm wearing a size eight, I should really be in like a medium. I shouldn't be in an extra large. And so you end up with all of these from clothes that just run really small um, because there's a lack of understanding and education there. And I wanna emphasize very clearly, this does not come from malice, this comes from ignorance, and it has gotten significantly better over the last few years. Right. However, we have a real problem at the store level because it was like this for so long. And when I say so long, I mean that like when I was in eighth grade and I just had my 10 year high school reunion. So you're talking like 15 years ago. Oh, I'm, you. Yeah, I knew that. I'm a okay. baby. I'm a baby. Everyone always and I'm an old lady, so. <laughs> I'm a baby. Everyone is like, wait, you're 20 what? I'm like, yes, I know. I started my business when I was 21. So yes, I'm a child, whatever. Separate, separate fact. Um, but I just had my 10 year high school reunion. So figure eighth grade is what, like 14, 15 years ago, throughout like that whole upper middle school area, like sixth to eighth grade, I could not shop in from stores. I was wearing like a lady size 10. So this problem has been a problem in from fashion for a very long time and it predates me and, and it is to a certain extent still ongoing. What that means right. is that by the time I hit eighth grade, you could not pay me. You could not, you could not beg, borrow, steal, bribe, coerce, drag me in kicking and screaming. There was no way that you were going to get my size 10 eighth grade self into a from fashion store. It was not going to happen. And, and there were plenty of women who felt exactly the same way. Not that I was a woman in eighth grade, but whatever you right. th We just stopped going to those stores. And so, and we just weren't as trendy as the people around us. And we just did the best that we could. And we went to Macy's and we went to Nordstrom and we went to Lord and Taylor. May they rest in peace and just got whatever Wait, we could. Lord Taylor is gone? long time Miriam like pre-COVID really? I think yeah okay cool. I know it's sad but <laughs> like we we did all those things and we just did the best that we could and that was it right so what that meant is that the people who were walking into the from stores were the people who fit into the from store sizing so right. when brands right. started hearing somewhere in the range of like five years ago maybe even less like three to five years ago that things needed to change those brands had a really difficult time getting their items into stores. And that was can exactly I, the situation. Can I for a minute? Sure. Um, I hope it's okay, Rifki. I would love to hear from either a brand or a store owner who either does or doesn't sell larger sizes to help understand their perspective. Um, if they're watching or if someone who knows one is watching, um, to come on for a, a few minutes and try to explain their perspective a little bit with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm open to that. I'll tell you, um, you know, if anybody who wants to, you know, who fits that description and wants to request to join the live, just do so. Um, and as long as you're not a butthead about, a butthead about it, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> that's the general rule. No buttheads. Because um, I, I, I definitely want to say that I would, I think about 70 to 80% of the questions I got were regarding this topic specifically. Right. And I could read some to get, a, to give a better understanding of like, the depth of the problem and the different the different issues that come with this issue that we're talking about. Um, but I'll let you finish right. your thoughts about yeah, this and, and then if we'll, I'll get into some of the join. more specifics. Yeah, if anybody wants to request to join, you are more than welcome to do that. Um, the problem around this time was when I was selling my line wholesale and also just starting to sell my to sell online. Um, for anyone who's not familiar, wholesale is when you sell to other people who are eventually going to sell it. So if you're a fashion brand, that means that you're selling to stores. And retail is when you're selling it directly to your end customers. Like when I sell on my website and you order directly from me, that's a retail sale. And there was a period of time when I was doing both. And when I expanded my size range, what happened was twofold. I got a reputation as being a plus size line. And there were some stores that had a, um, a hesitancy 
to carry something in a size two that was also available in a size 24. They felt like smaller women would not want to wear what larger women were also wearing. Um, almost universally across the board, whenever I say this, everybody's jaw drops. It's just, I just don't think that it's true. Um, I don't know, maybe just people say it's not true to me because they don't want me to think that they're a bad person. I won't think that you're a bad person if you disagree with me on that. But well, I think, I think we all know that's true, at least in the like high fashion, not talking about from fashion, but in like, you know, the, the high fashion, like fashion week kind of things, like those brands do not want fat people wearing their clothing. 100%. Even if it's not intentionally and, and if it's kind of Oh, it's like, intentional. Fashion is mean. Okay, it's but intentional. I'm saying, let, it let's is. just let's just say that even if someone has good intentions and doesn't realize and there, there's definitely like you know it's so clear there's bias against fat people so 100 there's, there's 100%. a little bit of that you know people have an implicit bias they don't necessarily realize it so it's bound to filter through to your actions and by the way we i rifki and i discussed this in our podcast episode but if you have not yet taken it google implicit bias test there's um it's, it's from Harvard. Is it from I'll, I'll Harvard, I think? Yes. It's phenomenal. And by the way, I have implicit bias against fat people. So don't think you're bad if you do. Like, I, even after all my stories, I still come up with a, a small bias. Um, to his credit, my husband does not, which is cool. Because um, <laughs> I don't know anyone who doesn't. Like, everyone who takes tests says, even people are sure they have no bias, they take it and they say, yes, they have a bias. Um, so I think even when someone's not being malicious, there's always, and I'm not saying nobody is malicious but i'm just saying like let's say someone's not trying to be malicious there's just that implicit bias against fat people and it's like yeah, you know it's, hard. it's there it's hard. regardless right <laughs> it's hard but what i was encountering from a business perspective was a little bit different and it was also 100 valid and that was this when because those women above a certain size and again we're not really talking about plus size you know I, when i was wearing a size 10 i couldn't shop in from stores because those women above a certain size could not find anything in the from stores we stopped going to the from right. stores so even when even when a from store brought in an inclusive size they couldn't sell it because things had been so bad for so long that those women had completely given up on from stores right. and that is 100 percent valid because again Businesses exist to make money. If they don't make money, they no longer exist. Right. And from businesses are not chesed organizations. And this is, I cannot emphasize this enough. Nobody owes from society anything, right. especially right. from businesses. I'm sure that you've had this so many times where, uh, you know, someone will come up, I would love if you could just do me this one thing, please. It would be so nice for like my my third cousin's, my, uh, my third cousin's um, off-roof is coming up and they just need like a little bit of a recipe. Could you make I, like a little bit of a trifle? And it's, no, can I, just, I can't. I say that if that I'm sure from the people watching or the people who will watch, um, there's got bound to be at least one person here who's asked me to donate a cookbook to a function, to do a free demo, whatever it is. And I have a standard response because people don't even realize that like, I literally get multiple requests a week, if not a day to donate cookbooks. I don't get free cookbooks. I pay granted i pay wholesale not retail for my cookbooks but i pay for my cookbook if i would send a cookbook to everybody who requests it it would cost me a few hundred dollars a week right. and people don't realize like that's a, a lot of money i'm a small business here a few hundred dollars a week to tzedakah is that's rent. a lot of money that's and the second also, rent already so you know? like what that's the second rent at that point yeah yeah five hundred dollars a week would is so much money like that's 
Yeah, it's really not doable. And so I always send a very apologetic response saying, I'm sorry, I wish I could help, but I can't pick and choose because there's, everyone is valid, all the requests. And so a hundred percent, like you can't expect. businesses are not chesed organizations and they don't owe from society anything. So when stores that, uh, that uh, rightly or wrongly, this uh, reputation exists for from stores as a whole, when stores are not known as places where people above a certain size shop, then people above a certain size don't shop there. And so it became very difficult for the stores to sell those sizes. And so they would try it out for a season or two and then usually stop um, because it was just very difficult for them to sell. And that was that was a big part of why I stopped selling wholesale because I realized that in order to make the kind of change that I wanted to make and in order to run the kind of business that I wanted to run, I needed to be able to talk directly to my customers. Because what I was hearing again and again and again was, why aren't you in this and this and this store in my neighborhood? And obviously I couldn't tell them this, but I was like, well, because you don't go to that math store in your neighborhood. That's why. Because even if you, you know, people, I would publicize the stores that I would add. People, oh, I can't walk in there. I can't walk in there. I just, they couldn't bring themselves right. to do it. And I understand that. Right. But then right. we have a chicken and, and egg and kind of problem. As someone who has not shopped in from stores most of my life and still doesn't do so much of it, I prefer to shop online. Um, <laughs> uh, shout out to Rifki, obviously, Impact Fashion, and also Dirama Rakama. If you're if you're uh, watching, uh, you can come uh, come on and also share your perspective. But um, those are the two brands that I I wear their clothing, and I love them. And I I, I I'm sure I would like other brands' clothing. I don't, I just, I'm so uncomfortable walking into stores because of the bad experiences that I've had. Like, it's so humiliating when you're going into a store and they like take one look at you. And and the number of messages I got when I was doing these stories back then was like, just, you know, and I think we all feel like alone in that pain that we feel when we walk into a store. They don't even ask your size. They just say, oh, we don't have anything for you here. And that humiliation is just so strong. And the number of people who went through that, like, we're not alone, but we feel alone in it because it's so humiliating. Um, And so I think that's a separate discussion we could have is like, how do we make the stores become more comfortable for people who are larger sizes and not make like try to I'll tell you exactly how we do it and this comment came in at exactly the right time comment that just came in shop mezzo has the best service for plus size the way that you make stores more comfortable for plus size women is that you make them more comfortable for plus size women and then people talk I I don't know anything about Diane except that she loves shop mezzo and if she tells people about uh you know about mezzo then mezzo becomes a place where plus size women feel comfortable and it grows from there and that's exactly how I grew my brand um, especially in the beginning, I didn't have any marketing money. You know, I was literally just making clothes and, and trying to sell them. And as people talk, as you gain those reputations, then it becomes a place where people shop. Um, and and it becomes a place where all people feel comfortable to shop. So something I think that is, you know, when you carry a wide range, I go two through 24 and we're expanding now to 26 and 28. The people hear about it slowly in different ways and i've had people who have bought from me and wear a size two who will secretly send me this is literally this has happened more times than i can count they'll send me pictures of the inside of clothing tags with like a brand names and sizes and i was like this is a little weird what's happening here and then i'd be like okay what size would this person wear in your line and i would tell them and they would be like oh good because this is my mom this is my sister this is my cousin she doesn't know that i took those pictures and i'm going to tell her to come to you and this is someone who's a customer of mine who wears a two a four a six 
somewhere in that range. So people talk, and that is the best way that you gain your reputation. And see, we have someone here second, seconding Mezzo. Shout out to Mezzo that, um, you know, that they are. Uh, shout out also to Sarifka from Lynx. She's saying she's going to go to dress bar and me too. <laughs> it was like my staple that I shopped at. Yeah, but dress bar was great. There was one right next to a Michaels by me. So, I mean, I didn't really I need it for the- what was near the dress barn that I grew up near. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So, so I used um, to go into Michael's and I always liked that dress barn had the patterns. I always liked the patterns that they had. So I, I would um, always go, I, um, I, I was sort of in their sizing, not really. Um, but I was, but you know what I realized now, by the way, the reason why they have everything in, in patterns because it was all the same dress. It was all the same like right, style. Right. Like, and we'll over. get to those questions. Oh we... gosh, yeah. It was all like the same. Oh man, it's so late. We have to. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many questions to answer. I already People told my husband tired. I'm not getting I home. I like uh, Yeah, exactly. I took a nap at like eight o'clock, so like I'm, um, I'm good. Um, I'm juiced for tonight. But the I'm um, gonna start reading some questions to myself yeah. while you talk, and then we'll get to we'll so get what, to what the happened questions. for a long time is that you had stores like Dress Barn, which would have the same style, basically the same like a, a drapey, oversized tent garbage bag potato sack type look um, and just make it in a bunch of different patterns. And then some from brands started doing the same kind of thing. There, there's a category of clothing that my husband calls potato sack dresses. Um, and it makes me laugh every time because he's not wrong. Um, but, I call them tents. Yeah. But yeah, it's that same kind of, uh, kind of thing. Someone in the comments is asking what's the biggest size mezzo carry. I don't know that. Um, I do know that Alyssa has worked with them. Um, and I think that she is not in their largest size. And I know that she won't mind me saying this. She wears like an 18 in my line. Um, so I would assume that they probably go up to like a 22 or so. But I, you know, I, I, I that's that's me guessing a little bit. Um, but if anyone, if anyone from Mezzo is here and wants to answer that question in the comments, by all means, or if someone who knows or has worked with them knows, feel free to put it um, in the comments. Um, so... Oh, um, can I jump in or you, you had more to please, say about, about this? So I'm going to, I see there's a comment here about price and I, as much as I hate to discuss this, um, I think it's time to talk about price because I got a lot of comments saying that to them inclusivity, well, there's interesting other things besides, but inclusivity is not only about the size range, but a few other things. I'll mention some, but let's start with price. So price is a big one that people said they don't feel it's inclusive if they can't afford it. Like, it's if it's too high of a price point we'll get to that i know i know you have you you've discussed this before um people have also said inclusivity to them means um if it's cut for taller people um there are people who say you know they just can't they're everything is too short for them if they're very tall i don't know if this quite fits under inclusivity but the way clothing sizes fit is another big one so let's save that for the end but let's first talk about the pricing because that's definitely a big question that, that's been asked. Right. Okay. <sighs> Where to start on price? There's a couple of things that I want to point out here. Any, th this is brought up a lot with, from fashion in general. And I actually just spoke about this when I was um, a guest on the Francisca show. Any from company, any from clothing company that you are looking at is a small business. And what I, I mean, like very small business, especially when it comes to, to fashion and manufacturing. Fashion is one of those industries that takes advantage of something called economies of scale. And what that basically means is that when you make more stuff, each individual one costs less. And in order to get, and if you are making a huge amount of clothing, and I'm talking like 
H&M Forever 21 amounts of clothing, then you can make that individual price per piece very, very cheap and end up selling things for very less, for much less expensive. They do this by cutting costs in a lot of different ways, sometimes by abusing workers, usually by using inferior fabrics, and almost always by just making tens of thousands of pieces at a time. Right. If there is a from fashion company that is on every single person that you know, I cannot emphasize enough just how small that business is when it comes to manufacturing. Right. We like to talk a lot as from about as from people about how like Jews are such a fraction of the population and then from Jews right. are such a fraction of a fraction of the population. So this is the other side of that coin. Even if every single from person you know is wearing the same top or the same skirt or the same whatever, that company, maybe they're making a couple thousand, but probably not. They're probably making closer to a couple hundred pieces. And when it comes to fashion manufacturing numbers, that is bupkis. Like literally it's right. hard for some from brands to find manufacturing that's willing to work with them overseas right. um, because the companies are so small. So there's that. Um, so we're just not able, so, when, so to compare anything that's made in the from fashion industry to anything that you can buy in a department store is an inherently flawed comparison and is never gonna match up. And if and if I don't, I don't think that you end up actually saving money by shopping fast fashion, but if for whatever reason you feel like that is your only option, then don't kid yourself in thinking that you're getting the same product because you're not. And you know that when you wash those items and when you wear those items and the way that those hold up or rather don't hold up. So that's, that's number one. Our, our, our scale on this is skewed because we're comparing to something that will never exist for modest fashion will never exist for modest fashion. That's number one. Very, 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 very few people upcharge on plus sizes because they can. I would also just like to say, there are lots of like easier ways to make money than being in from fashion. Like there no, I, there are so few, I literally cannot think of anybody. And I know a lot of people in this industry who is in it just for the money, right. because this is not an industry that you get into just for the money. Like right. I could like sell pictures of my feet on the internet and make much more than well, I'm making right now. Well, like, I think people sell pictures of their feet on the internet, honestly, make more than most of that's us. True. But... <laughs> See, if I wanted to make money, that is what I could do it anonymously too. Like how simple would that be? Um, like just stay home and take pictures of my feet. If I wanted to just make money, I would do that or some other similar thing. Um, nobody is in from fashion just to, just to make money. There are some ways that manufacturing can be set up that making plus sizes is more expensive. Um, I've, one of the really great innovations that I've had in the way that I've set up my manufacturing is that that is not true for me for the most part. Um, based on the way that with the based on the fabric vendors that I work with and the way that I select my fabrics and I am somewhat limited in the fabrics that I select because of this this is not true for me but for some brands the way that they are cutting it does take more fabric and that can be more expensive there are some factories that will charge you more to cut more sizes so there are some factories that will have a um what's it called, like, a, like an overage fee, meaning they'll give you a base price. I'm making up numbers, but let's say it's $10 to sew a dress. They'll give you a base price. It's $10 to sew a dress for every dress in five sizes. And then if you want to cut six or seven sizes, then they'll charge you an additional $200 to just for like the right to cut those sizes. And, um, and then they'll, you know, and then they'll also charge you that same price per piece for those sizes. Um, also, when you're talking about cutting, cutting goes by the hour. 
So if you know that it takes a certain amount of time to cut one size, then when you're cutting another size, there is, you know, there's cost in that. And some brands will take the entirety of that extra cost and shift it to the plus sizes for a couple of reasons. If they're adding plus sizes, like if they've already existed, let's say just like up to, I don't know, like a size 10 or 12, and now they're adding in 14, 16, 18, 20, let's say, then their customers who wear up to a size 10 or 12 are used to a certain price point. They don't want to change that for them. So they'll take the entirety of that extra cost and they will shift it to the, the larger sizes so that because that's, and they feel like if you don't want to buy it, don't buy it, but I'm not going to upset my existing customer base. Perfectly valid line of reasoning there. Some people will do that because whether we like it or not, women above a certain size are used to paying more so they can get away with it. Um, and that's kind of just been accepted. Um, the way that my brand is a little bit different is that I have very unique manufacturing agreements set up. I produce everything to the highest standard here in New York in the same factories that cut for major brands that you've heard of, like Vera Wang, Marquesa, Rachel Comey. Those types of companies use the factories, that, the factory that I use. Um, and I have a unique manufacturing agreement with them where my my structure is just different. And so my prices, um, my, my I'm able to charge the same price across the board. I also price from the middle of my line. So uh, the thing that everyone brings up here is fabric. Doesn't it take more fabric to cover a larger, you know, body? Technically, yes. However, there's a couple different ways that you can cut that fabric. And the way that I um, have arranged it so that my fabric is cut is that there's a little bit more waste on the smaller sizes. And by, by waste, I mean like garbage that you're throwing out, fabric that doesn't get used, um, and less waste on the larger sizes. And I price from the middle of my collection. So technically, if you're buying a size two from my line, I could probably make the size two like, I don't know, maybe $5 cheaper. And technically, the size 24 is paying probably $5 less than they should be paying, but I take that cost and I spread it evenly across the whole line because I do think that it's annoying to have to pay more just because you're above a certain size. Um, but very, 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 very few people do this maliciously. Someone brought up in the comments an, an example of seeing, you know, a dress that's regular sizing one price and, you know, two sizes up was more. It is possible. Am I going to tell you that it is, that it's, completely inconceivable that that was not done just because they know they can get more money for it? No, of course it is. Some people are buttheads. We don't like buttheads, but there's nothing we can do about their inherent buttheadedness. Chances are, though, there are real costs involved with making that extra size, and for whatever reason, that company has chosen to take the entirety of that cost and put the burden of that cost on the plus sizes. And that's a decision that they're allowed to make. It's a perfectly valid decision to make. And, and again, this is something that happens not exclusively in front fashion. This happens in fashion across the board. So that's just the way it is. That's just the way it goes. But you, it's, again, nobody is in front fashion exclusively to make money. There are so many easier ways. If there's anyone who was like, I, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> There's anyone who is, feel free to DM me. That's not going to happen. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but I, I just don't, I just can't, this industry is too hard to be to to go into to make easy money anyone who i know let me put it this way i have had it happen on a few occasions where someone has told me oh i'm i have this you know i'm, I'm making a company because it's going to make so much money um those brands generally don't last more than a year because okay. it's not a fast easy way to make money it's just not um so i think that that's also 
the the place where we need to to start from especially when it comes to price and again i'm going to circle back to from businesses are not chesed organizations from businesses do not owe you affordability and i say that with as much love as i possibly can things cost what they cost and i know that i get a lot of pushback on the price of my line and the reason why my line costs what it does is because that's what high quality designer level clothing costs and to be perfectly honest, my factory is shocked at how cheap my line is. And every single time I talk to them, it's when are you raising your prices? You need to be more, you need to be much more expensive. Nothing else that comes out of that room retails for less than like seven, eight hundred dollars. So it's it's no nobody's doing this just to price gouge you. It's right. just not a thing that happens. Um, Can I ask you a question please, that you're probably gonna hate? Please. <laughs> Have you ever considered doing a lower priced line of impact fashion, like maybe in a different factory with, I don't know, just curious. Cause so I haven't because I am the only way to, to do lower prices is to have lower quality. And I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested okay, in, good in putting out a lower quality product. Um, listen, if you're looking at a picture of my clothing versus a picture of a different brand, I can understand why you would look at, a, at, you know, at my clothing and be like, who the hell does she think she is? What is she charging for this? Um, but if you are feeling right. a piece of my right. clothing. I can attest to this. Um, firstly, I bought full price, bought my dress that I was wearing um, in the picture of the flyer we had about this live. That you wore to the advertisement. Feet, but yeah. also... Um, I've worn it many times and I wore it at a family simple. I told this to Rifki um, and I, I wore it at a family simple. And it was like the first time in so long that I looked at a picture of myself and was like, Oh, Hey, I like how I look. <laughs> um, it's just the quality is, is different. And also um, the fabric is just, I don't know how to explain it. I'm sure Rifki has a better way of, under, of explaining this. It's, but, just um, it's not that complicated. It's just better. Um, I spend more on my fabric than most. I see that Rakhama is here from Tirama. Um, Rakhama, do you want to do you want to join? Do you want to join us? Hello, request to join if you're like decent and want to come on. Um, <laughs> I mean, like whatever your de definition of decent is, we don't judge. Um, but the... listen, Rifki's considering a career in uh, in feet pics. <laughs> <laughs> it's very late on a Saturday night. You never know what'll happen. Um, Oh, can you imagine how much money we would make if we did that? Oh, uh, not um, me. I hate. No. Okay. I hate. You wouldn't buy it. Look at bare feet. You wouldn't buy it. No. I can't even. When people talk about it, it makes me cringe. I can't explain to you. So I maybe. So, so maybe much. you should consider other other. Miriam, maybe you should be a food blogger. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe write a cookbook or two yeah. or three. Yeah, um, I thought about that once or twice. <laughs> um, I think that if you, it's if you. Listen, what is the difference between a designer bag and one you get at Target? Looking at a picture, not much. Feeling them, right. quite a bit. I once had a pocketbook that I bought from Target that the handle fell off after two weeks. Like, literally, I was just walking around with it. Had, and I was like, well, that's the last time I do that. It's just not, it's just not the right. same. Um, right. And you might not value that. And that's okay. That doesn't have to be right. important to you. Somebody brought up weekday clothes in the comments. Um, perfectly valid. 
I, I, I totally hear why you wouldn't want to spend a, a lot on your weekday clothes. Personally, I would rather, and this is the way that my closet is, I have very few clothes, just in general. Um, and I would rather have fewer pieces that are really good and that I feel fantastic in every single time that I put them on than have, you know, a closet full of like junk clothes but right. also it has to depend what your life is like the second that i get home from work and i am in mom duty i am in my rattiest t-shirt and leggings because it's just not practical to be in anything else to get spit up on or whatever so you know to have crushed bomba all over you that's just not practical so when it comes to things like that you have to think about what you value in your life and what makes sense in your life so if you watch my stories consistently you'll see me wearing a lot of the same clothes again and again and again and not just pieces for my line i do have um everyday pieces in my line actually the next piece that i'm recutting um that's going to be available in 26 28 after the new i have a i have a new style that's on pre-order uh starting monday um and that's called the fifth date dress and it's I'll, I'll post pictures to my stories after this is done it's a really really cool everyday piece and i'm excited to live in it all summer the piece that i'm going to be cutting next is the all-american dress it's a denim shirt dress that i have as my collection mm -hmm. and i'm going to be recutting that and it'll also be available in 26 28 as everything will be as i recut that's also a piece that i pull on a ton and a lot and it's and i don't mind wearing it again and again because when you have classic pieces that you can style in a ton of different ways then you can just put them on and feel great about them every day, even if it's not, you know, you don't have to reserve your expensive pieces just for a simcha. But if that is not financially feasible for you, or if it's just not something that you choose to prioritize, by all means, go buy the, go buy the fast fashion, right. but right. don't kid yourself into thinking that it's the same. Cause it's not, right. it's just not. Right, absolutely. That's it. Um, sorry, right, can we, can we move on from, from price for a minute to talk about about another topic that I saw a lot of in the questions that I'm 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 actually it's interesting because there's two of the exact opposite comments that came in a lot. Mm -hmm. So on the one hand, we have people saying, "Why are they taking the clothing that looks good on a zero or double zero, triple zero, whatever it is, and just cutting that bigger for bigger people?" we don't look good in that size and then on the flip side the comments are, that i got were what are, why do we have to wear special clothes just for us why can't you make more of the clothing that looks good in a smaller size in a bigger size so i think i think there's to, an, to a certain degree this is like just a personal comfort level kind of situation but um i'd love to you know hear your thoughts and um kind of discuss the challenges of both both ways yeah so okay this is okay first of all we're coming from the comments bottom line you can't please everyone amen That's Come on, could, you, could you request to join please i want to hear she from might not you be decent what's that she might not be decent she'll join in the comments it's fine if you are you're welcome <laughs> to join but whatever i don't want i'm not pressuring anybody to put a wig on or anything on their head at 11 30 at night that's that's or, that's, 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 that's my, my moral um hold on one second i have to get some props because you just brought up the best. The I have props. If you have props, well, first of all, I would just like to say that my props are not nearly as exciting <laughs> as Miriam as Miriam's, and these are. This is going to involve a fair amount of arts and crafts, and I see that people who have been following me for a while. Hi, Ahuba, um, are already know what I'm going to say. I want to first address why do you you know why do people think that they can just make things in a bigger size and that it'll just work. And the reason for that is because they don't understand a fundamental difference between body shape 
and body size. So here we go. Yay for Huba. <laughs> Yay for Huba. There is a difference the between size the and shape. Yes, there's a difference between size and shape, and I'm going to prove it to you. Everyone, we're in kindergarten. This is a square, and this is a circle. Usually, I have them in two different colors, but I didn't have it next to me right here. If I take this square and I try to cover it with the circle, it doesn't work. You want to know why? Because it's a square. You see how you can see all the, the square corners poking out around there? That's because it's a square. Now, let's say this square goes into a dressing room, tries on a circle, and starts feeling really gross about itself because, like, hello, the circle doesn't fit. So then our square cuts out dairy and cuts out sugar and stops eating carbs and never looks at a piece of cake ever again. Our square is now wonkily rectangle shapes, but it's smaller, right? And then the square goes back into the dressing room and it tries on a circle and it tries to cover itself with the circle and it still doesn't work because it's still a square and this is still a circle. So this square is never gonna look its best square self trying to cover itself with a circle because it's not a square, right? And there are some fantastic things about circles, right? Circles have round edges. Circles can act as frisbees. Circles can be placed. Circles can be fantastic things. But you know what? There's also great things about squares. They're pokey. They, you can use them to make a straight line. You can use them to jab someone in the eye who's being a butthead. You can do a lot of things with squares that you can't do with circles. You're fine. And the reason I tonight, Rifki. Exactly. <laughs> and the reason, and the reason is that there's nothing inherently wrong with being a circle or a square. They're just different. So if we understand the difference between body shape and body size, we can actually be a lot kinder to ourselves because we don't have to worry about what is it that everyone else is wearing. We can worry about how is it that I can dress right now for my shape. And something that's very important to note is that with very few exceptions, our body shape is generally not going to change. If you carry your weight mostly in your hips, at your smallest, your widest point is still going to be your hips. And at your biggest, your widest point is still going to be your hips. If you carry your weight mostly in your arms and chest, at your smallest, your arms and chest are going to be your biggest. And at your biggest, your arms and chest are still going to be your biggest. So if you understand that fundamental difference between body size and body shape, you can start dressing for your shape right now, whatever size you're at. So when you talk about brands that take something smaller and just make it bigger, when you are dressing someone smaller, you are usually dressing someone with fewer curves, just inherently. You're usually dressing someone who is flatter chested. This is not obviously not true across the board, but for the most part, you're usually dressing someone who is flatter chested and flatter butted, has a flat butt. Um, and when you're doing that, it's not that hard. It's not that difficult to do. So you don't have to be as precise with your fit because it's just not that difficult to fit. So if you take that same piece that works on your extra, extra small, and you just make it bigger, by the time you get to women who would be wearing your large, extra large, whatever size that is, then things start getting a little flappier for lack of a flabbier, for lack of a better word, and you don't have that, and, and you need to be better at fit to fit women of larger sizes. Fashion brands who, said that who say that their stuff just doesn't look good on women of larger sizes are telling you that they're not very good at what they do. And I say that with full confidence. Um, if you're good at fit, it's not, if you know how to fit, you can fit anything. I actually one time had a sewing teacher who told me that she, um, she she worked on sets and things like that and she would always say she was like at the end of the day you're covering a, you're covering something with cloth if you need to 
think of it as like a piece. She's like, it's the same as if I was upholstering furniture. It's the same kind of principles. If you understand these principles, then you can do this with anything. Um, and she was talking about how she used it in like set window design and things like that. But it's the same principles. If you tell me that you just can't make your stuff look good on larger women, you're just not that good at what you do. And I say that with love and acceptance, but it's the truth. So, so can I ask a question? Please. Um, okay, again. Casey's joined late. I, I do not know fashion. I don't know anything. All I know is that... <laughs> you know more than you give yourself I, credit for, by the way. No, I mean, I know that I'm always looking for something that looks good on me. <laughs> and that's pretty much the extent of it. Um, I'm curious, when you cut smaller, like you cut the size 2s and 4s, and when you cut the size, you know, 24, 26, 28, do you, are they just scaled down or are there changes in the no, fit? they're different. They're different. If you just if you just scale up and down, then eventually, then it doesn't work. There's it also depends where you're scaling from. Meaning, if I started at two, and I scaled that all the way up to a twenty-four or a twenty-six or a twenty-eight without making any changes, it wouldn't work. It would you would probably be fine. I want to say like up to like a ten, maybe twelve, depending on the style. And then starting around fourteen is when you would start seeing issues. And then by the time you got to twenty-eight, it would be a not wearable piece of clothing. Um, the, one of the things so interesting so sorry to cut you off but because no, there's so many questions about this this yes. is probably the biggest question the biggest concern the biggest issue and i yeah it's i hard. can't i it's can't really always hard to do. how big of an issue this is that people are talking about stores that say oh we carry up to a size 2x 3x but like nothing fits them so that's a different issue that's, that's a different just issue. cutting smaller you think that that goes back to what we were talking about the the name being useless right meaning if but we i wonder a, if there's an element of that though. maybe they're that maybe there they're upsizing without knowing how and therefore their clothing is maybe big enough but not fitting right um if it's possible i will say that in my experience um in looking at like the the 2x 3x's that we're starting to see emerge from more from brands um they're just in my way too small they're just too small um which if you think about it kind of makes sense if we have a brand that used to go extra small through extra large let's say and that extra large is like an eight so then they take their extra large and they make a 1x or a 2x right so and now your 1x is like a 10 this experience and your and 2x this... is like a 12 right and then your and then your 3x is a 14 and then your right. 4x is go fly a kite no one's interested like right that's... so that's that's what i had in a in a clothing store they had great inventions and they had some brands that were going up to a 5X, 6X, but I was like, I am not a 5X. I don't care if it fits me. I'm not buying that. I'm, I'm not kidding. trying it on. I don't want to, I don't want to know. Like, and it was ridiculous because it should have been a good experience. I should have been trying on clothing and, and, and walked out feeling so good. And I did walk out with stuff, but it was just like, I felt, felt so gross. I was like, I don't want to try that on. It's, oh, hi. Guys, this live is epic. <laughs> I'm so glad that you bought it. I'm really kind of exciting this is for me because these are the only two brands that I buy clothing from right here. <laughs> this is Literally, epic. you're the only and, two and brands you know that I cool shop about, from. What's cool about me and Risky is really we're, we're at two different price points. Right, so right, it's right. Very, it's very interesting to hear like my point of view about Risky and Risky's point of view about me. So, right, and I, I have to say that Rahama stuff is gorgeous, and and it's definitely things that like we share a lot of the same customers who will buy like from Rahama for every day or for just like a regular Shabbos, and then they'll come to me for yeah. like work clothes or for, for better wear, right? For, like or, better wear. Right, exactly. I, 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 
how thrifty all the time because I think what you people don't realize is that let's say you are paying for higher end quality from let's say Rifki, and not only that, that she has the background of actually doing the physical sampling, marking, grading, uh, so much more into that. You're paying for her experience. Whereas me, I had a lot of fashion, like working in stores and sales, and I worked with two different factories before I started Irama. So I, we have different backgrounds in the fashion world, which kind of brings us to the forefront. Me, I wanted very just fast fashion. I wanted, you know, I loved clothes. I was super, super into the fact that like what was popular wasn't popular or have like they didn't have in plus size. When I was in high school, there was a skirt. I, I say it all the time. It's like my tagline. It was a, there was the charisma skirt. I sure. was obsessed with it, obsessed with it. But no, at a size 14, 18, they did not make that when I was in high school. And it was the most like almost embarrassing thing. Cause like I was popular, but like I was heavy. So like I couldn't wear what everybody was wearing. It was such a, I remember it was like, I, I went to every store. I was like, you have extra large, extra, extra large and extra, extra, extra large. But no. Right. So that's what I have to say on the differences between me and right. Rifki. And I also have and to I'm, say that. I'm, by the way, a paying customer from both of these lovely yeah. ladies. Yeah. Um, I actually just ordered um, what your your pattern top. The black and white, uh, yeah. Um, so, oh, that's such a good I wore, top. I wore one it comes in a dress, today. too. Get the dress. What? Get yeah. the dress. It has a very has get a dress. dress. Has a you dress. have the dress? I have the black and white pattern dress, and I have um, the blue one. Oh! The, the light blue one. The, the light blue one. What's it called? With like the, the paisley, keyhole? maybe? No, the I, one with the key. The it's one like with a the key pattern. Hole? Sorry. I don't know anything. I don't know. I'm embarrassing no, myself. I'm so out of my paisley league with these two. Paisley is the thing that looks like amoebas. Is that what you're talking about? I don't know. I have like a light blue. It's like longer. Hold on, guys. Wait. Button down. One more thing. Your question that you brought, uh, Miriam, a few seconds ago that you said that some people are writing like, why do they make like plus size clothes and small sizes and small sizes not in plus size? I just want to say one thing that I've learned universally with from people, not from people in this size bracket. You are never going to please everyone. Everyone has eight different body shapes. Everyone carries their weight way differently. People are not proportionate. People are proportionate. I have a lot of customers, believe it or not, that are post-chemo, PCOS. They fluctuate with their weight. Everybody carries things in different places. I have a customer, her body's tiny, but for some reason she has very large arms. So the t-shirt arms, she's like obsessed with. Right. But but then so there's a woman that goes, the t-shirt I'm the opposite, so by the way. My arms are way smaller than the rest so of me. You're never, universally, you're never going to please everyone. However, I do find that the companies that make regular sizes and then add an extra large or a 1X or a 2X, their size proportions are not considered plus size it's just like going up a little few inches right. on each right. one which is right. really not doing justice to the from world because my mother who's literally a size six can wear in a certain brand i will not say them she can wear their biggest one x which doesn't make any right. sense so well that's that's what we're saying if you have a, a size range that that already runs small if your extra large is an eight and then you make a one x then you've made a 10 and then you make a 2X and now you've made a 12 or whatever it is. Like I, I um, when I'm sizing people, I'll very often ask them what size they wear in a different brand because I have like the conversion pretty down pat between them. And there yeah. are women who wear an extra large in other brands who are ordering my size eight or my 10. And that's ridiculous. But that's also, that goes back to the number being meaningless. Yes, it really, also, really is. But there, there's, there's another factor that, that, 
I, I think you probably both have a lot of experience in, but just my perspective is just hearing from so many people. Two things. Firstly, when you're, you don't feel great about your body because you feel like you want to lose weight or whatever it is. And then you go to a store and you're wearing something that's an extra large and you shouldn't be an extra large that messaging. And especially, and I got a lot of questions about teens and tweens. I like my heart breaks for like the teen who's a size six, eight and who has to go into a, a store and she's trying out an extra large and it doesn't fit. Like as an adult, it's hard. I can't even fathom how, I mean, I could, cause I went through that. You all have this experience. <laughs> but like, yeah. I can't, I can't, and that's so, so, so damaging. But I think the other thing about sizing that's so important to understand is that it's so personal because like, like I said, a store was like, the, they were selling like up to six X, which is huge, but it wasn't. It was, they're, they're, they're like two X, three X, whatever it was, is the equivalent of an extra large. It doesn't matter that it wasn't, it, like, like in my that's brain, literally I why that I six X was not a six X, but I could not, bring myself to put it on my body I was like I don't care and so there's something like very psych like a deep psychological element to the sizing right and this is why I always wonder kind of like why are brands doing themselves a disservice like it's not good for like people don't want to buy your clothing if they have to size up four sizes right well we're just saying you, like, you made your own sizing system I don't use x i don't use the i just use zero one two three four um because some people definitely have size denial or size like they don't want to see the size they don't want to know the number and you know what like you said um i i am i'm happy to say this my brand is definitely guilty um some of my sizing is not always consistent and it's really hard because some styles you know the fabric is different i i can honestly say that sometimes i which i will verbalize on my stories guys size up in this size down right. you know the arms ran a little snug you know it, it happens it happens and we learn from season to season um you know what happens but i definitely definitely would say that i agree with you it's super damaging but at the same time when they don't have the extra largest sizes or the bigger sizes then people flip on them and they go oh you don't carry big sizes it's so not nice like it's disgusting it's discrimination i can't even shop here with my right. daughter so like I was saying, you're just never going to win. You just have to keep on your thing and like keep going. But it just, it's, it's hard to please everyone. It really is. Right. That's why it's so awesome that we have something like Drama and Impact Fashion because we do service. Rifki has every size. This coming September, Drama is going to have sizes zero all the way up to 28. It's it just, you learn. And, and it's, it's something different for definitely me. Like I don't, I have never done small sizes. I've never been in a small size. So, like, it's not something I know. So, it's going to definitely be interesting. Right. Have we also, just got an exclusive scoop? You're, you're I adding, also think you're it's very interesting because it's almost stigmatized where, like, you should stay in your lane of right. what you know. But, like, I also want somebody to be able to come in and be, like, buy something with their sister or their friend or mothers who with their daughters. That. But, by the way, the interesting thing that I've gotten a lot of questions about also in fact, the very first question that came in when I first posted the, the anonymous link was someone saying, what about us medium people? Like, we're not super skinny to fit into yeah. those really skinny brands, but we're, we're, we're not really in plus sizes. And I think both of you really cover that because, I mean, Rakam, I guess you're going to expand that. But like the, the idea of having, um, you know, even like your zero is, is probably meant for people like that. And I know Rifki, you and I have a, have a mutual friend that I'm not going to mention. I don't know if she wants to be mentioned, but if she, if she wants to shout herself out in the comments, um, if she's watching, 
but um, we have a mutual friend who expresses exactly this. Like, this is why she shops with you because she, you know, when you're, and I think this is part of the problem that there's such a, the sizes run so small in some places that it's like, you don't even have plus size people who, who don't fit into it. It's like a whole separate category. Of, yeah, it's, of it's called midsize actually when you're, um, when you're looking at mainstream fashion um, and it is the hardest um, model size to hire. It is the most difficult model size hire because models tend to be really small or plus size. Plus size models, by the way, are like a 14, 16. So whatever, do with that information what you will. Um, but when you, if you want like- Yeah, a, but repeat, then they complain. They don't want to see that. They want to see the 26, 28 right. because they don't know what it looks like on a, a, a person in their size. Right. People hate that I model for D-Rama, but then I can't find people who want to right. model for the bigger size. It's Right. It's it's definitely it's definitely tricky um but that um shout out by the way to meredith morgan um she modeled for me for uh for quite some time if you have followed me for a, a length of time you'll recognize her face and she is a mid-sized model working professionally um and definitely go follow her by the way i just think it's important to fill your feed with diverse bodies it just helps not mess with your head um and, and that's a difference can i interrupt with a question are you both looking if someone wants someone who's whatever size, like, are you looking for people to model for you in, in more diverse sizes? I am. I, I don't mean to put you on the spot. No, I'm currently not after. looking. I'm currently not looking because I have someone a, new, right? Yeah, I just, I actually have someone fantastic who I'm working with. She's actually in high school um, and she lives up in Muncie and I ship pieces to her and she, um, and she shoots them on herself and she is fantastic and adorable. Um, and shout out to Bracha, who is 5'3 and wears a size 24 and um, and um, models for and models for my line. So and then I do the mid-size modeling. So I wear a size 14. Um, currently, right now, I'm not looking to make another sample. So I because you because I because of the way that I work, where I make a sample and then I do a pre-order pre-order and then I bring in production. Um, I'm not looking to be making three samples. I only make two, and I make one in my size and one in Bracha's size. So I'm not looking for like a size two four model. But if you ever do want to model, you're always welcome to send me pictures of yourself, um, just so that I can make sure that you know how to take a good picture. But um, yeah, I'm currently not, not looking, but it is really, really hard to find. It is really, really hard to find. Um, but if you can manage it, then it definitely makes a big difference. Right. Rakama, what about you? Are you looking? I'm looking. I actually had someone who specifically asked me after a few times like to take everything that I had them down because they didn't like that the Rama stigmatized them as plus size and they were uncomfortable, I guess. So for me specifically, wow. I am always looking. I think people are constantly asking me, they, they're like, oh, you're the 12, you're the 14, it's not good, we can't see what it would look like in a 2X or a 3X, like, can you- So you're looking for someone, someone who's, who's like a 2X, 3X? Yeah. Okay, if anyone wants a job, reach out to Rakhama. Yeah, it's, you get free clothes, it's a win-win <laughs> for everybody. Seriously, and, and Rakhama's really nice to work with, I'll just put that I'm, out there, I'm as someone who's done that for a while. I'm just easy. Should we go on to another another question? Please. Yes. Okay. So I'm gonna actually ask one that I remember offhand while I look for more. That because there's so many repeats, I have to filter through. Like I'm sure. Like you, you had know. a thousand question box. Even I was going through them, and I'm like, oh my <laughs> god. No, I really have, and I have like you know one set up on my iPad and another one set up here. Very. Um, the problem is a that question I'm, answering machine. Yeah. <laughs> but I I. And there's so like I would say about 60 to 70 percent of the questions I think I said this before were about sizing running too small and being off so we talked about that a lot and then another large amount were about pricing um, so one that I remember offhand was people talking about 
um, if they're tall that they're having trouble. So um, do you want to talk about you that? You want to start recovery or should I? I'm going to let you take this Okay. One. Okay. Um, yeah, it's hard. I'm sorry. I can't be everything to everyone. When I say that I'm like, that's really where it ends. There are, there are some brands that will carry fewer styles and make them in multiple lengths. There are some brands that will carry, you know, a lot of styles and make them in a lot of sizes. That's me. Hi. Um, I already carry a dozen soon to be 14 sizes. If I were to make a, you know, a long and a short version of every style, that's 28 sizes. That's 28 SKUs for each style. It's, it's, Did you find that if so, you, if you, Sorry, go no, ahead. Like you take, yeah. take it, Miriam. I was just going to tell you what were you going to say for drama. No, my question is, is, would you would you have some styles that are intentionally cut longer and some shorter, or would so that I not do. work? Because people, I do have I do have some styles that are a little bit longer and a little bit shorter. I also, whenever possible, will have a three inch hem, which is this much. It is so big. Oh wow! Um, it's not always possible from. A, just like a geometry perspective, if you have a curved hem, you can't do it. Um, but if I have a straight... aesthetically, aesthetically, well, that too. Um, but some sometimes you can make it happen without it affecting the end result. And whenever that's possible, I will do that. I also always, always have extra fabric available. And as somebody who grew up in a time when short skirts were in, and I was adding to, you know, have something, you know, cover my five two knees. I understand that having a seam three inches above your hem is not ideal. I'm sorry, it's the best I can do. Like so that, for, that's really so my for D-Rama, we have two lengths skirts of every skirt we make. We have two lengths, we have a 27 and a 29. Then we also carry long skirts, obviously, and many right. lengths. Um, in terms of dresses, um, I find over time that, you know, the 44 inches and the length of dresses works for us. Um, it may not work for every customer as well we offer um, fabric and also more than that um, I tend to sometimes do things a little bit longer when I find the style is going to be hot or that I right. love or I'm obsessed, I'll make it longer because as the short person it's easier to shorten right. something versus lengthen um, and also me in terms of customers when I see them that are taller and then need a lot of extra fabric I'm the I'm the woman in the store that says don't take it right there because so I will aesthetically say, to add, oh my yeah, god, and sometimes wear just, a skirt underneath. Ugh, no, no, no. Add, don't so wear a skirt underneath. Don't I want to say, um, I want to give a little testimonial for both of you. Um, I'm 5'8", so I'm definitely tall, and I wear both of your dresses. I'm trying to think. So, Rukhama, I just bought the pattern dress, and that's like the most just of all the dresses I've ever gotten from you. Um, but I have your, the light blue, like, button-down ones, you know what I'm talking about, from before Pesach. Yeah. That one, totally fine, because that runs longer. Um, and the one I had in the in the winter time, the black with, like, the white lace, that one, no problem. And then Rifki, I've had two dresses from you. Um, the blue Jackie O dress, right? Is that what you called it? Yeah. Um, and that's not a part the, of the line. And now I have the pause dress, and both of those no problem with the length. Right. So I, I, also I do want to say, like, we're making it sound like your dresses are very short. I'm 5'8", right. and I'm okay in your right. dresses. So. But I also want to point out something else here. And by the way, kids, Annette, you're hanging out in the comments. Come join us if you want. Yeah, come. Um, or not, whatever. Nah, um, let's no go pressure, request. but no pressure, but hi, come join us. Um, something else that I want to point out here is that 
um, I will very often get asked, I am 5'8", will this cover my knees? And I can never answer that question because everybody's definition of cover is different. Right. For me, there, there is, you know, if something is covering my knee when I'm standing, I'm usually okay with that. If when I sit, it rides up a little bit, generally, I'm fine with that. There are some people who cover means four inches below their knees at all times. There are some people who cover means meets their knees. There are some people who cover is mid-thigh. Like asking me, will this be long enough on me is right. not a question that I can answer. I think answer. the other thing, maybe the reason that I have less of a problem than other people who are tall is like, I have like a totally flat tush. Yeah, so, so that'll make all my weight is right, right by my waist. Things ride differently right. on different so people. I think maybe so I'm not having my tush like rise, hold up. Your backside the... makes things right. Right. Some people have very large arms, which makes gathering on the arms, so then right. it lifts out to your arm hole. It's very, it, it, it's, it's subject to each person. Right. And, it, and, right. and it really is a matter of personal taste, personal comfort level, however you choose to dress. There are things, there are things that are not happening. Annette, oh, you're not presentable? Just, Fine. Hang out not, in the comments. And that get, get minimally no, presentable. No, you don't have no, to we, do much. Miriam, we're not bullying people into getting not presentable. Bullying, I'm just saying, we'd love to have them. We're partying. Either, which is why this is all you see. And then I put my hoodie Very on. smart. Yeah, very, very smart. I'm actually I, wearing I'm a wig, wig which was really a hard decision. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I was in I my PJs, you. and then I had to change. Wait, and that's coming on. Oh, yeah. We got, we got minimally present. Wait, did I, did I hit the right button? Sorry. Hold on. Here she comes. Welcome to our pajamas. You put a wig on. You have a shadow on. I just put it on. I was literally in bed. <laughs> Should I put it on? Well, thank Should you. I put I mine most, on. For the record, Miriam forced you to do that. I am never telling anyone to put on a wig at midnight. I, you didn't have to put on a wig. You could have put on uh, the hood of your sweatshirt. I considered doing that. Like, <laughs> here we go. Wait, and then um, did you also try? put eyeliner on? <laughs> no. So I was gonna. T I was typing it up that I have my eyeliner on from yesterday, and guys, it like didn't budge. Wow. That's impressive. Good I'm like you. so lazy to take it off. So I was like in bed, I'm going, well, I'm already made up. All I have to do is really put on hair. Right. There you go. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to Midnight's with us. Um, what do you have Thank to say you. about inclusivity in fashion, Annette? Annette has um, so much to offer, literally. By the okay, way, so I, well, before I'll you tell you what talking, it is. Before I, you start I started... talking, I just have to say one thing. Yeah. Annette is my business mommy. <laughs> literally. Yeah. Annette is my business mommy. Yes. We met, and that is everybody's business mommy. Um, we met, um, like when I first, 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 first started, um, I, I, we, we had connected through DM or, or whatever, and you and Dove came here and I did like custom dresses for you and we had the best time and we still call you the nice Canadians in my house. You guys are the nice, literally. That's, that's, that's saying a lot because all Canadians are really nice. I know, but the they nice, are the they nicest of the nice Canadians. Canadians. By the way, I think someone was house. offended by my joke about Canada earlier. Oh, well. Oh, wow. um, I am half Canadian. My father is from Montreal. All my all my relatives on my father's side live there. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, in oh. fact, That's the people want you to introduce yes. yourself. Okay. Introduce yes. yourself okay. and tell us what you think about inclusivity. I, okay, so my name is Annette. I'm the owner of Estes Online. Esty is not my name. It's my daughter. <laughs> um, <laughs> I opened my company uh, back in 2014 because I found it hard to find um, Tania's clothing for big girls, and I'm a big girl, hi. So, <laughs> um, this is what actually got me into this business. Um, I think it's really important to be size inclusive, but size inclusive doesn't mean just going up to size 28, it also means including people in size zero. So I go from zero to size 24, and in some sizes I also have four, up to 4X. Um, also, back in 2014 when 
basically nobody was using plus size models, we were. That so, is something I love about your brand. Yeah. And it's funny because when I had my team and we were talking about, you know, our first photo shoot, I said, I need to have a big girl in the shoot. And everybody was like, what? No, it's not, it's not done that way. And I was like, dudes, like a girl who's a size two or a size six doesn't speak to me. And if she doesn't speak to me, she doesn't speak to others right. who look like me. And that's how it started off in my business. And that's all I have to say <laughs> for now. I never knew that. Yeah. That's how it started. I'm curious for you, Annette, you mentioned that like the inclusivity aspect was always important to you when you started Estes. By the way, huge shout out to Estes. I have an unopened package waiting at home and I'm so excited. <laughs> I just did, um, I got some of the Ivy tops. I needed the um, oh, colors. Okay, so Ivy tops, I'm actually wearing it right now. I wear it to sleep because guys, can I just show you? Wait, it's stained. <laughs> I, I got bleach on it. <laughs> and it's such a comfortable top that I could wear it. you own it. Yeah, seriously. Well, did it, wasn't it that, um, what's it called? Which dress, was it bleach that happened to your flutter dress? Or was it that it, it got, it, no, you dyed it? No, I'm, I'm so, first of all, that's my favorite dress of all time. And I only have it in pink and I, I cry about it because I need it in like every color under the sun, but that's another discussion. Uh, but what I did was a very stupid thing. I actually put it in the dryer, oh. which was like so dumb. Why would I do that, oh. right? So what happened was it shrunk on the sleeves and I could see the like line. the, the yeah. lining, right? So no worries, because because it's my favorite dress, <laughs> I took it to my seamstress and I had her like fix that situation where right. she cut the lining a little bit so you couldn't see it anymore. But it's my favorite dress. Like I love, absolutely love it. Yeah, that, that's a really, really hey guys, good Guys, can I interrupt with a question from the comments that I thought was a really great question for each of you to address is what is your return policy for those who don't know what size to order? Okay, so I want to start. We have very different return policies here. Yeah. But okay. I think that yeah. and I, you start with we'll return up. policies okay. because of the difference in our products. Right. So, so and then you start and I'll, then go around. I'll tell you, okay, so I'll tell you the situation with my products. Because my products um, are very competitive in pricing, I can't offer free returns. It's not something that, if I did that, I would be right. bankrupt, right? Um, because basically what happens is people will order like, four sizes and then they'll return three because they'll just keep one right uh, but in the meantime those three that they kept is now not available for somebody else so i offer a 30-day return policy you could buy it you could I, you know work with it generous yeah but like it's not free it's not a free return policy if you want to order four of them that's great you're going to return three on your expense because i can't i can't so Annette, do, you have, do you have a restocking fee and you charge for shipping how, i don't how do you have work? a restocking stocking fee and I don't do exchanges which means if you want to buy whatever you want to buy you're going to try it on you're going to return it and then if you want to buy it at a different size you're free to do that but I don't offer exchanges I give you 30 days to figure out what you want to do with it but it's on your expense because you mean the I, shipping back the return shipping. yeah for sure okay fair, that's there's very no fair way, I, there's no way a company like mine can afford such a thing 100% Rahama what's your policy okay I used to be all final sale when I first opened my first year, um, because at that point when I just had started, um, I didn't have enough uh, stock to go around, and um, I wasn't offering returns. Buy, don't. And I was also in my parents' house at the time, so it wasn't, online wasn't something I focused on. Uh, fast forward, moved to a storefront. Um, I had more quantity to go around. That was the time where DRAMA was growing. So I had a three-day return policy. That meant that when I came to your house, you had three days to decide, do I want it, do I not? Let me show my mother, my grandmother, my neighbor. Um, 
after I would say a year and a half of doing that, it didn't work for everybody out of town. They couldn't get to the post office at three days. It was really time pressing. So I upped it to seven day return policy, which I still have a lot of issues with customers, you know, oh, my father died. I didn't have a time to return it. I'm sorry. Um, Shavuos was in the middle. I, I have stories. I could probably write a book. Yeah. Um, we could both write a book together. Yeah, I have really just like crazy stories where people will buy things at final sale, which you have to physically, manually check off. I know this is final sale, and they still want to return it. Oh, uh, the, the fabric, you know, I had to fight with a guy and a rabbi a month in. His wife got something which has delicate feathers. It literally says in the bio, do not wash, do not let your children pull the feathers off. They will come off if you pull them. Um, and still, people just don't get it. Um you win some, you lose some. Not my brand is not for everybody, and I'm not for everybody, and that's okay. So right. I have a seven-day return policy now, and it works for me. Like Annette did say, um, my returns are not free, um, and it, I just I can't afford to have that product missing from my store that someone else can't buy it because you decided to take three weeks. You right. know what I'm saying? It just right. doesn't work for me. It's and maybe, maybe down the line I'll be cool enough to do 30 days like Annette, Right now, I'm at Okay, but I have to interrupt you. The only reason that I could do 30 days is because I sell to the mass. And so when I'm pre I'm producing a product, I'm not producing 100 of them. I'm producing right. 1,200 per color. Right, right. So I'm I not... Produce, I'm, like, at, at currently, I produce 250. Right. That's my max. When that's I cut some, the difference between us. To me, it's... So I could, I could yeah. have my product out for a little bit longer, but like... You know, yeah. I can't. I can't do free returns, and also it's always final sale. If it's a sale, it's a final sale. There's no exchanges, no returns. Right. right. So what do you do? What do you do? And I'm seriously asking, as somebody you know, want to learn, what do you do when someone literally won't take a no for an answer, and then they dispute, and then you have a you have a few dollar fee on that dispute? I actually keep all of my information in emails, and I have all the proof, and any chargeback that happens on something like that, I always win. Wow. I, I, yeah, and I when always, and when you I win, don't you don't have win. to pay the fee. No, I, right. I don't always win. I always win because I have the trail, like the email trail. But it's not me. Fun. I have like I have like a, a girl who works for me, and she does my my. She's like my rep for like whatever customer yeah, service. service person. Right, and she always like I always get the the you know the nasty emails. She'll like forward to me. She'll be like, "What do I do?" And I'm like, "We have a policy, and I love everybody." But if I made exceptions for anyone, right. then they wouldn't be fair. Right. right. And I think that when, you know, when we're talking about the differences in return policy, um, my return policy is 30 days and, and they are free. I cover return shipping and I don't have any restocking fee. But I think that this is really speaks to the difference in our products. Yeah. I have, you know, I, you, you wear our clothes for different things. Correct. Um, and because of that, they're priced differently. And, you know, I say to people all the time with a luxury product comes a luxury experience. Yeah. And so part of what you're paying for when you buy from Impact Fashion is you're paying for the ability to, you know, order two, three things at a time and try them on and then send back what doesn't, what doesn't work for you. In terms exactly. of having something out of inventory, it's really tricky um, because, you know, I, I produce it a similar number to Rahama and it's not, it is, it is difficult to have something out of inventory. Um, but I think that also because I have this pre-order model, um, which my customers really, really love, it creates a situation where everybody can order what they want. For anyone who doesn't know, I put all of my items on pre-order before I make them. So what happens is, is that I make a sample, I show everyone the sample. I'm doing that now with my newest design. It's called the fifth day dress. Um, and then I have a, 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 a 48 hour window where you can pre-order it 
before there is any inventory. And then it ships about four weeks later. And what that means is that anybody who wants to try on any kind of size orders it and make it for them. And, you know, most of the time they keep it. And if they don't, they send it back. And I also make some inventory, um, you know, I make more than what is pre-ordered so that there's also inventory for the site. And so what that means is that, first of all, you know, a good chunk is, is in pre-orders. And then when people want to try things on, my customers are used to signing up for the wait list. And so right. when, when something comes back, it almost, I, I have no problem accepting a return because nine times out of 10, when something comes back, there is somebody literally waiting to get the email that it has restocked. And we'll, you know, it happens very often that I'll unpack a return in the morning and repack that same piece of clothing you know, to go out that night. Right. Um, sure. And and it's just a difference in the way that the businesses work. And and again, well, we have completely different business models. Right. And it's it's a completely different, it's not a different customer because lots right. of people, myself included, have all of our brands in our in our right. closet. You know? Same. Um but it's not um but it's not something that has to work for everyone at every point in time. Um and and yeah, that's 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 part of it's part of how you choose to what you choose to prioritize in your business. Everyone can choose okay. what they spend their money on. There are some brands that you'll see that fly all, the, all their models out to like, I don't know, Mexico Dubai. for a photo shoot. <laughs> Dubai, whatever, um, to, you know, to do a photo shoot. Um, I'd rather have a great return policy and have extended sizing and things like that. Right. So it's, you know, it's, exactly. it's just what you choose to prioritize. So that's exactly it. So for me, um, because of the fact that I'm, you know, producing for the mass, right? I can have my my products at a very competitive price, right. but because I can offer it at a very competitive price, I mean you're getting a, a super high quality denim skirt for fifty bucks. Hello, right. I can't offer you also free returns right. on that. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah, right. I'm giving you a great product for an incredible price, but if you need to return it, that's on you. Right. You know, right? Right. It's you know if 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 your priority is getting is. the price low. Then, right. that, then that's exactly. part of what has to happen, which is fine. Exactly. Okay. Rifki said like 50 times tonight that from business, that from fashion businesses are not a tested organization. So I'm not asking you to give up your time, but I want to, I want to basically ask if you have any suggestions for a company or a store or a brand that makes the clothes who wants to do better, because we discussed how the sizing is so problematic. Um, can you give them advice? And even if none of them are watching now, hopefully people can send this to them. They can watch it later or whatever. I just, what's some like basic advice you can give on like, let's do better with the sizing. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to take this one because this is something Such that silence. like, no, no, it's, I'm not scared of this question. It's actually something that I've done quite a bit. I don't know that I need to do better. No, no. She's saying for other people to do better. How how can we oh, like, give other how people, people can emulate the success that you've had and having your sizes be correct and fit and make people feel good? How can they kind of learn from you to do better on their end? So sorry, I didn't I mean to tell you. I think that there are three main things. No, not at all. Right, I, there are three main things with this. Number one, try on your clothing on lots of different people who wear lots of different sizes. Um, if you are looking to improve the sizing of your line, then get it on lots of different bodies. Don't just use yourself. Don't just use your friend. You know, talk to your customers. See who would be willing to come and meet you or someone. Get lots of different bodies in your clothes. Also, listen to your customers. If your customers are saying, you know, we need X, Y, and Z, I know it's really hard when we get criticism and it really sucks because we're working so hard and then somebody goes, but why don't you just try to dial it back a minute put the ego away and think is there any merit to what this person is saying maybe even if they're not saying it in the nicest way because we all know that it's not usually said in the nicest way um 
And then the other thing is DM me. I help companies fix their size charts all the time. Murphy, and I'm happy to do it with anyone. Murphy, if I could just add one thing to something I think you missed. I think it's also we're in the current state and stage of life where influencer culture has definitely taken over um, Instagram and social media. Even if you are a brand, which I am not somebody who necessarily, you know, gives so many influencers or works with influencers. I haven't personally found somebody that I'm proud to work with or authentic. But I do, as a woman, I definitely watch a ton of influencers. I'm friends with a lot of them, or I'd like to say I'm friendly with a lot of them. I find that it's very repetitive. There aren't a lot of influencers in the size bracket of a 12 to a 20 or a 22 or above, or a woman in general in the community that feels comfortable at a 24, you know, to post yourself, uh, buy this, shop this, I'm doing this. And that, you know, I, I, I would like to say that even the women who are on here, you know, we show ourselves, but, you know, the most companies that we follow are all targeting much smaller influencers. Right. So when somebody is sitting on Instagram and they're swiping through the popular here's influencers, a question for you, Rahama. they're, they're um, watching these brands that this is what they cater to. So, so is it a store's problem? Is it the companies that are repping it? So is here's, it the influencers? Here's a question, though. I've always wondered about this. Um, size of influencers like i'm obviously not skinny um <laughs> i don't know if any of you have noticed that um and there's Alyssa goldwater and there's probably a few others that i'm not going to try to start naming because Alyssa goldwater happens to be a really good friend of mine so I, I can name her without offending other people but there's a few others but i always kind of wonder like cause and effect it's like a chicken and egg situation like are the skinnier people doing better as influencers because it's more of a glamorous life to look at or like do you hear what I'm saying? Or like, no, I think I think a so larger women are a lot more self-conscious to put their physical right. body out there. Right. I, I think agree with also, that. I think also smaller sizes can wear more designer, which looks a lot right. more enticing to people who are following. Um, and I think that yes brands and, no. brand yes and, and companies no. like to work with women that look a certain way and to promote their product, whether it's a clothing company, pictures are super important. I can say that for myself as well. Pictures are super important. I want a beautiful plus size girl who looks beautiful all the time. Cause that that's ideally what sells your product. Right. Um, and it's really you know, hard to find. Someone who has a very large, beautiful home to showcase on Instagram. And that's why I'd want to give you a free kitchen so that you can sell my kitchen on Instagram. Right. Do you know what I'm saying guys? It's like, I think it's more enticing. That's my right. personal. Right. And now what do you think about I, all this? think yes and no because for me like as a person who's also an influencer and also a brand owner and also a consumer um all of the skinny models skinny influencers who i love dearly and are my friends they don't talk to me at right. all so when they're showing me products from this company that company and the other company right looks great on them fantastic but like i don't know will it look good on me Probably not. Right. So, well, you so I don't even you order it because one of them is wearing it, and you like the actual dress. I mean, like I'll buy a tickle that's on a skinny girl because I know the tickle will look good on me. You know? Right. But like, will I buy the dress she's wearing? Even if she's if she's a size you know four, and like I'm a size one X, I'm not really gonna bother even trying the dress because it probably won't work unless right. you could show it to me on Alyssa. Then maybe you know what I mean. Like I right. to me. 
Like all these cute influencers is great, but it's not great for somebody who looks like me. Right. Someone right. actually brought up something really, really important <clears throat> in the comments. And they wrote that there's a lot of body shaming on Instagram. It is harder for larger women to exist on the internet. They get a lot of hate. Um, and it's more on TikTok versus Instagram. I've gotten it here. It happens. On, yeah, it happens. And I'm not like I wear I wear 14 now. Um, it happens on reels. It happens on any platform where you're um, where your content is shown to people who don't follow you. Right. It doesn't I've never ever been body shamed. I my really? first year I've body shamed by just years. never being shown on my and videos. So that's my the point. first year in DRAM, I got I I did a photo shoot with pizza, and I I got body shamed like oh it's not appropriate to eat pizza you're weight and I literally just responded to the person. Please let me know what size it is appropriate to eat pizza because I want to know. So okay, I will okay. say I that say I, I really have never ever mentioned this publicly before because I so don't believe in feeding the trolls. But definitely the most hurtful comments I ever have gotten, um, and I've I've gotten some of them. I've always just ignored, blocked, never said a word because I don't I don't want to give them the time of day. But I will admit that yes, sometimes when I post things and newsflash, food bloggers post a lot of food and they don't eat all of it. But um, sometimes when I post things that are especially things that are less healthy or whatever, um, I get people saying like, "Oh, this is why you're fat," and it hurts me so much. Um, and I do think that it's very brave of someone like Alyssa to go on um social media and and show her body and not you know be self-conscious about and it you know something she talks about the hate right. she gets right. she had to take a she had to take a tiktok and instagram break because it really got to her right for right. like a okay, month or also, two but there's also something else to mention like i did um an anonymous q a for the first time whatever a few weeks ago right and most of the questions were about you know my diet and what i feel about uh, ozempic and what i feel about uh, intermittent fasting and all this it was mainly about like weight right and and i kept posting them because i don't take offense to it like but also a lot you of people share that yeah but you, no, you invite no, that. but 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 the, but the point is like also perspective like if someone is talking like if someone says to me oh you're fat i'm not insulted by it because you know why i look in the mirror and i'm fat like, okay. You're right. I'm not self-conscious about the fact that I'm fat, but I'm self-conscious when people start making like assumptions, like, "Oh, you're fat because of how you eat." Like, right. actually, newsflash: I well, eat really, I mean, that's overall pretty rude. healthy. Right. Like, well, that's just regardless. That's just I, and then I think that you're playing on the fact that Baruch Hashem, you have a healthy confidence. Not everyone is as thick-skinned as maybe you. Yeah, but it took me a long time right. to get here. Right. Like, like it took me a long time saying, to, like, so that to say my brain, you've been on, they're telling me I'm fat, they're not saying I'm ugly, they're saying I'm fat. But right. uh, they're not going to tell me I'm skinny. Wow. Can you say that, that being fat equals bad? So right. to untrain so somebody, like that. right, so but to untrain somebody takes a lot of years, and you have a lot more experience in that, and something you've worked through personally, where me as somebody, if I got every day a message to my Instagram, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat. You're fat. Me personally, I'm not at a place where I would be thick-skinned and appreciate that kind of commentary. I would, and and that's it. okay. That's okay. That's okay. I'm not saying I'm skinny. I'm not saying I'm a twig. I'm not even saying I'm not fat. It's just I personally would not appreciate getting that in a DM every day. Same. Right. And so, or even so a comment on my I reel. Right. Like, I couldn't so, care less. Right. I couldn't care less. So that's that's because I, I know I know. It. Like if you look at a dictionary, no, she got to the point of confidence where like no, you want no, to I know, but I'm saying that's unusual. Okay. That's unusual, and I think that we can't expect most influencers are young, right? You're talking about like someone closer to 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 our age, you know, someone in like their yeah. early twenties, let's say. You really? even like someone in high school. Oh man, I'm an old lady. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. Honey, um, I'm turning 50 this summer. <laughs> wow. In my, in my brain, I'm 95. Can I just say, so everyone, so that I really want to get old? I really want to get old so that I can just say whatever I want, and people will just be like, she's old, whatever. She doesn't really know what she's saying. <laughs> like, that's, that's really a goal in life of mine. But that's yeah, a separate and I wish I could go back to being 20. <laughs> so, but I think that, you know, when you, if you're thinking about 20. someone, if you're talking about someone who's starting up, right, you're talking about someone probably in like their early to mid twenties, or let's say even in their thirties, who it probably, I, I, I think that what you're describing is something that comes with age. Cause if somebody told me every single day, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat, your stuff is ugly. You should go away, you know, go jump, go jump off a lake. I would, I would stop. I wouldn't keep right. doing it. And I think that to expect, and because larger women are more likely to be subjected to that, I think that it's, it's almost like, it's almost not fair to expect someone to put themselves out there and brave it in that way and just be totally fine with people abusing them online so that right. there can be a plus size influencer. It's, it's a really, 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 so really, really big here's a, but I also, Here's a question though, going back to my original to that. I also think, I also think that the reason why people don't body shame me is because they know that it doesn't affect me so the trolls are going right. to go after the people who think that oh if i say they're fat it's going to bother them they don't they're not going to bother saying hey you're fat because like oh, i do okay, agree with great you want you, there's definitely ways to respond to trolls that make them go away i definitely agree right like so for me they don't troll me because i like i could care right. less you know what i so, mean just to go back to the original question though um influences are obviously a huge part of the pack of the picture because we live in a society where so much, especially fashion brands, it, their marketing is happening through influencers. But let's put that aside for a minute because we can't really change. Like, who, they are who they you know, are. The Alyssa Goldwood is the world, whoever they are, they, they are. Like, we're not going to change that. But, like, what about a brand just hiring? And again, I know, I know before um, Annette joined, SC, um, I'm sorry, <laughs> Chama and, and Rifki were talking about how it's hard to find larger models who are confident and happy to, to work. But like, wouldn't that be helpful also? Like, 100%, they're, they're, they're not, the messages, if there's hate messages, they're not going to the model, they're going to the brand. Right. And then we just don't forward them. I would like to say publicly though, that I have not gotten any hate messages about any plus model that I've ever posted. It's always directed at me. Yes, it is. It does make a difference. And that's why we try to find those models. It, it does. And it's very yeah. hard to find. Yeah. And they're really, really hard I, to find. So, I'm like in fashion capital of the world. Like I, I'm in Montreal. Like we have, you know, a dime a dozen models here, but like plus size is very hard to find. Right. And when you find the plus size models here, they want like $800 yeah. an hour, which yeah, is like much more unaffordable. And also I just want to say, like I was saying before, plus size comes in very different right. body yeah. forms. Yeah. So it's very hard to sell an item where people have their their weight distributed in different places Correct. for your item. 100%. So it is very hard. Yeah, like also for me, like because I mainly sell jean skirts, right? Jean skirts don't look the same on all the different body types. Right. right. And right. there's many girls who will say, oh, I love wearing a jean skirt, but I'm not modeling it for you. You right. know? Right, right. So I'm right. like, for me, because my the way my body is, I can put on a jean skirt and say, hey, I couldn't care less. It looks great on me. I'm happy, you know? And you may not think that it looks great on me because, you know, again, I'm not a skinny girl, but I like it right. and that works for me. But a lot of girls who are my size don't feel like that. So it's very hard to find. Right. And I think that this also goes to something that Miriam, you and I were talking before, which is there's a lot of, it's it's hard to, to do the inclusive thing. Um, it is much easier to make 
a smaller line with fewer sizes and only show it on smaller girls because that's how the system is set up. So if, if I mean, this is going to sound really self-serving and maybe it is a little bit, but if inclusivity is important to you, buy from the brands that are inclusive, even if you don't need it. If you wear a size, you know, two, four, and you can fit into, you know, let's say even if it's a medium or a large or an extra large from a mainstream brand, but if you want your daughters, your sisters, your mothers, anyone around you to be able to shop more inclusively, then it really is your responsibility to make sure that the inclusive brands have the business. Right. And if agreed. it's important to you, then agree. Buy from wherever you like the stuff. Yeah. Yes, def don't buy anything you don't like, obviously. Exactly. Like, but if inclusivity is important. You can walk into, like, whatever, buy something you love. Like, 100%. You know, and if Dear Alma makes something you love and then also makes it in something smaller, or if you love a dress in Rifki and you also... Okay, but, like, 100%. Really say, but I think that if you nobody's have a choice... Nobody's to buy anywhere. Just She's trying to say spread the love, spread the wealth, buy right. from people that you can buy for. That's where I'm going to push back. I think you do have an upright. I think that if you... If, I think that if you care about inclusivity, there are so few inclusive from brands. If you want there to be inclusive from fashion, you need to support inclusive from fashion. Businesses are We're not talking about the people that are not supporting. We're talking about the people that we're trying to tell them to support, but they are not getting it. You know that, right? I'm not sure what you mean. Can you repeat? Meaning you're saying we have an Achrayas, but we're not targeting to tell people who don't know this. Like the people are here who support all our lines agree. They're on our side of this conversation. Yeah, maybe we're, we're preaching to the to fire, to, but we're reaching out to the people. We're trying to say this to the people that like are a little taboo and not buying from us. Let's say maybe sounds like I'm looking for a handout. No, I'm not. I sell clothing. Who, I, you don't. I'm not an organization. This? I don't collect donations. Um, I'm not someone. Someone wrote in the comments. Sounds like you're looking for a handout. No, because I sell clothing and it's really good clothing. Oh and you will get. But, but I, I think there's any, an, another another point comments. to make here, which is that we we talked earlier about the idea that that it kind of became a cycle where where larger people didn't want to shop in from stores because they didn't they didn't feel comfortable they didn't have the right size so then from stores stopped carrying stuff to them so right. it cycles so i think what Rifki's saying maybe i'm wrong but i think we need to reverse that cycle if a store is starting to sell larger sizes even if it's not perfect we kind of need to like try to help them not be like oh it's not good enough and move on but say like let's help them let's you know, if you could fit now into those sizes, great, you should buy from them. Like you need to, to support the brands that are trying to do better rather than just write them off completely or, you know, just Basically, say yeah. like, oh, it's not my problem. We have to fix the problem as a society. It's not individual, it's not any individual brand owner or any individual store. It's on us as a society to say like, we can do better collectively, but that is not just about the brands, it's about the consumers making choices also. Yeah, does that yeah. make sense? I agree with that. Yeah. I do find that the the stores, like I, I wholesale my stuff. I know which you don't. I wholesale. I find that they buy much more of the smaller sizes than the bigger sizes. Yeah, this was something that we were saying before is that because from stores yeah. have a reputation for carrying small, so only small people shop there, so they can only carry small. It's a chicken and egg problem. It's so funny because even the stores that do carry a little bit bigger, I don't find that they buy the bigger sizes from me. Right. I find that they buy. They're not getting those customers. Those customers are coming directly to you. I guess so. I don't know. It's just funny, I just realized it this week because I was looking at orders and how it's broken down is if you sell it in a pack, like you sell it, whatever. Right. But it's just funny. And that's you wholesale also, right? Um, my wholesale business is very small only because, again, I sell to the mass. Right. Uh, but it's funny because I just last week decided that maybe I'm going to 
expand my wholesale line only because the amount of people that send me messages daily, like literally daily. And I'm not saying this like, oh my God, I got 14,000 DMs. I literally get this message daily. Like, where can I buy it in my town in Chicago? Where can I buy your stuff in Detroit? Where can I buy it? So I said, you know what? If all these people want my product in their stores, let them tell me what stores they want it in. And I'll have my rep call and sell it to them. Because like, if they want it there, then let them have it there, you know? Right. But I never ever focused on wholesale because, like I said, I, I'm on Amazon, right? Right. right. So, like, uh, Amazon has 93 million customers. Not <laughs> that like, Amazon has a great return policy, so like you can buy. Well, yeah, it's great for them. It's not so great for me, right. but agreed. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's true. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the question in another direction now, um, which I think we kind of led there on our own. But um, this was really well worded. I hope I saved it. You know, before I ask this. Um, I feel like all of you should just say where you could find where people could find your clothing. Yeah, sure. So, hi, Rifki again, Impact Fashion. <laughs> Carrie says it's two through twenty-four, soon to be twenty-six and twenty-eight. And the website is impactfashionnyc.com. You can also find me on Instagram at impact.fashion.nyc. And if you're watching this live after it airs, then you're on my page already. Hi, welcome, come, stay. We're fun to hang out with. Wait, you didn't mention your store in America. Your oh, right, the yeah. store in American Dream. I'm also in the address at American Dream. It's fun. You should go check it out. Guys, if you think this is just her persona on Instagram, I promise you it's not. Because if you call her at 2 o'clock during the day, this is how she talks. I can vouch for that. Anybody who can put on a show at a quarter to one in the morning is someone who deserves an Oscar. And you are getting exactly as it is. One of the reasons why I love you. Shama, do you want to go next? Sure, guys. I am dramanycplus.com. We have a website. You can check our DMs, our Instagram. We have a store in Brooklyn, 3121 Quentin Road. Um, where else can you shop Dirama? A lot of local stores in your towns have them. Leakwood, Muncie, Baltimore. Lots of places all linked on my Instagram. And, uh, yeah. Did I miss anything, Rifki? Uh, no, you covered it all. Yeah. <laughs> Nat, what about you? So you could find Estes at Estes.com. You could find it on Amazon.com slash Estes. And yes. you can spell get Estes since it's not spelled what, the way people might think. E-S-T-E-E-Z. Um, and also for like um, incredible, incredible deals, you go to EstesOutlet.com. So it's like shopping the outlets. Like when you go to premium outlets, same deal. Um, so sometimes you'll find, you know, all the sizes and all the colors and sometimes you won't. You gotta rummage through the site, but you're gonna get like crazy deals. So that's where we're at. Okay. Um, so now I wanna get to the question that I've been holding on to all night. I'm gonna open it up to you three, but also to the people watching. Um, I'm very impressed that we have um, a bunch of you still, even though it's almost one in the morning. Um, oh, wow. Here's the question um, How do we work together? And we kind of addressed this along the way, but I want to specifically ask it like this. How do we work together as a community, meaning all the different parts, the store owners, the brand owners, the consumers, all the different factors? How do we work together? What steps, practical steps, like everybody knows me knows I'm super practical. What practical steps can we take to help make change on a bigger scale than just your three brands? I, I want to just say one thing and then everybody else can speak because this is really what it comes down to for me personally. I think we could all afford to be kinder and truthfuller to each other. Um, I was going to say be I, honestly, 
a lot of people claim to be super supportive of other entrepreneur women, and there's quite a lot of people tearing other women down. So I, this is probably the most controversial I will get. So I know this live is being saved, so I'm going to be careful of what I say, but it's not all what you see. It's not. Um, and at the end of the day, I can honestly say that I feel that I definitely opened up a new voice with the positive community on Instagram. That's how I feel. And it could be that some people don't feel that. But for me personally, the more the merrier. I couldn't be happier if a plus size store opened next to me. I think there's something for everyone. And I think at the end of the day, Hashem will decide what I get at the end of the year and the beginning of the year. And that's what it comes down to. And competition it's, it's, is very good for me. It is. But I love and that it's so you, clear from you three that you're all like really genuinely friends and, and don't, you know, yeah. you're not when like you secretly hating each other. Well, we, we support we support each account. other, right? We support each other, but for real. No, but I'm not saying it's fate. clear that it's the actual that it's for real, not just what you're saying on the live. Like the the chemistry that you have between the three of you is very clear that it's not just an act. Yeah. It's not just an act. And you know, here's the other thing: it's not just the three of us. Right. Like I support all the other brands, right. and I'll wear the other brands, and I'll post them on my feed. Matter of fact, I once did that years ago. Um, did a bunch of people. I yeah, did a I bunch that. of people. Oh, and I was wearing everyone's product and I was getting messages from people like, are you crazy? Like you're sending people to buy other people's products when you sell the same thing. And I'm like, are you kidding me? There's so much business to go around. And my Parnassa is from the guy upstairs. Like I don't need right. to right. not have anyone buying someone else's product. But Marianne, you know, so don't be fooled make. because it stops not stop it's it, it's very no very i i know rare. listen there's similar in, in my industry you know i'm genuinely really good friends with some of the people in my industry and there's some people who are not as um less so trying to think what i can say considering this you're very saved, good but... friends with some with some people and there are other people that are yeah, right. and, and, and there's some who are more supportive and some goes after are... your direct consumer that's it yeah. But you know what? I think always it's so important to always remember with everything that it's just from Hashem and nobody could take away the pronouncement that Hashem created 100%. for it, like set aside for you. It's just 100%. I just, I was just actually last week editing um, an episode of my podcast that's going to come out in like three, four weeks with uh, Miri from, um, from Impact, from, I was just about to say from Impact Fashion. Jeez, I got to oh go to bed. Uh, from Mika. Um, <laughs> with Miri from Mika. Oh, I love her. Oh, she's fantastic. I love her. Um, I love her product. I love yeah. everything she stands for. She's, she's fantastic. fantastic. And we were talking about exactly this. I think that the difference that we see between the people who are supportive and the people who are less so is that the people who truly believe that however much you have is exactly how is exactly how much you're supposed to have right now have yeah. no problem helping the people around them right, um right. and i think that if you've been in business for any significant amount of time then you have too many examples of times when it was so obvious that there was something that god wanted to happen or didn't want to happen that it was too easy it's just too easy to think any other way um and and that, that I think is the real dividing line. And that's why like I've, I've helped other brands fix their size charts and nobody knows that I did it because it's not important for them to know. It's just important for the size chart to be fixed. And it's not, and I think that that's really, like we were saying, you, you can tell who's a butthead and who's not. This is a no butthead zone and stick, you know, just, just hang out with, with the not buttheads and you'll be fine. Whether that's where yeah. you spend your dollars or who your friends are or who you follow or you know, however that is, just no buttheads. Then you go. And just side note, I want you to know, and and I don't know how many people know this out there, but um, we are like 
oh, there's a bunch of us who are in a WhatsApp chat. Um, we're all fashion designers. We're all competitors of some, in, you know, to some extent. And we talk about helping each other and we talk about size charts and we talk about customer service and what we could do better for our customers and whatever. And we literally support each other like on a daily basis. That's so even okay. though there are people out there who think like, oh, you know, they're all competitive and they're all, you know, doggy dog, it's not entirely true. There's a bunch of us. I think we're like, what, 35 in that group? Something like that, yeah. Right? And and it's an incredible group of people. And like, yeah, you know, it's funny because like sometimes we'll, we'll have like a situation where like I'm my rep is having a problem with a customer and I'll be like, guys, I need to vent because this is what's going on. And they'll be like, yeah, mm -hmm, we have that too. And like, we're there for each other, you know, supporting our businesses and our, you know, designs and whatever we can support with. It's, it's such a great situation. So, so I'm going wow, to put you, I'm about to put you so badly on the spot. Do it. For me? Can you challenge the other 30 women in your group to do better? It's something that comes up. I want to, I come to the lot to say, I, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a commitment. I'm so nervous because I don't do fashion. I don't post myself. Like I'm, that's just my, my Miriam, do not thing is really all about other fashion But wait, brands. I will promote brands you. who are really going to commit to working to have accurate sizing. And I know we discuss sizing is complicated, but that someone who's a size, you know, eight, 10 in a, in a, in Macy's is not going to be an XXL in their brand. And also having expanded line, I will, I will be happy to spread the word about that um, because I think the only way things will, will really change is if we change both from the consumer's perspective and the brand's perspective, like the consumers. And I didn't really realize the extent of this until really Rifki, you made me, you made this so, so clear tonight. We have to be willing to overlook the past, you know, since I'm a little kid, this has right. been the situation. I have to be able to say, I'm going to move past that. I'm going to go into the store if they're really going to make a commitment to do better with their sizing, both the, num the, the range of sizing, but also the number that it says, because as much as we say it doesn't matter, it does to me. <laughs> and I, I think does. it does I to a lot of women. I want people to understand what a big deal this offer is from Miriam, because I don't think that people fully understand just how, I'm going to say uncomfortable, like putting yourself out there in that way is for you, especially when it comes to issues of fashion. And I know that Miriam doesn't make any offers if she's not 100% serious about them. I, and I, I really am. I, I, it has to be a real change, but I'm willing to make it. Right. So and I do want you to take that to your 30 women in your WhatsApp group. <laughs> I do want to also say that this, the conversation around sizing does happen there. Um, and there are definitely plenty of brands that are working to be more inclusive in a, in a few different ways. Um, I do think that there is a certain level of, Mm. I do think that there are some brands that no matter what they do, people are always just going to be mad at them. And, yeah. and that's not on those brands. That's on the way that, that people have perceived them for so long and they take things out on them. And yeah. that's, and, and that's to a certain extent, not fair. Also certain companies do what they know. Right. And, like, and if, if listen, you am I are tell you a that woman everyone... of a size four and that's what you sell and that's what sells that, for you and you make a good friend. And you know what? That's fine. Like, I Listen, I, I try, I'm putting this into a frame of like my industry. People come to me, they say, can you share more, more gluten-free cakes? And I say, that's not my thing. I'm not good at it. I don't know it. I'm not no. the expert to do this. Go to, you know, all these other people who do it. And it's fine. You don't have to, I'm not saying that every brand needs to go out and change. Right. I think that just on a whole, there's so many brands that, that really want to. And that's really so clear that in the last couple of years, it's changed so, so much, but we need to make it a little bit more because <laughs> it's not quite we're not quite there right yeah i there's definitely room for change but i also think that it's important for people to know that there are definitely plenty of brands that are 
looking to change. Just like just last week, someone was asking about arms on plus sizes and you know, and I was right. helping with, helping them with it. it. It does happen. Also, I think it's important to note that these changes take a very long time to be implemented. Yeah. For the most part, you only have two opportunities a year to adjust your sizing. Right. So that means that even if you're hearing something in January, you probably can't change it. Like, if you're hearing something in January, that means that you can change it for things that you are producing maybe in August and that are like that you're producing, not in August, what's before that, like over the summer, and that are going to be in stores in August. So Correct. it does take a very long time for changes to uh, be implemented, but there's definitely movement happening. And like we said, support the brands that are doing better, and fashion as a whole will get better. Anything to add, guys? This is so this is so fun. Can we just it's party now? I'm on a <laughs> guys, should I, just go make pop, should I go make popcorn for our party? Could you? Wait, <laughs> but can you bring it here? <laughs> No, you don't even understand. I made. Do you know each one of us are all in different cities? Yeah, we are. That's very cool. We good. Hey, I'm in a different country. Miami. But Canada's. I don't even believe Canada is real. I already said that at the beginning. I'm really sorry about all the smoke we sent your way. By the way, for sure, all those big fires. Oh my God, that was. I was in Manhattan. It didn't affect us all, right? I know you guys are How selfish are you? Um, no, I, I said in the beginning of the live, I don't know if you're on yet, Annette, but I said, I, I, I have a conspiracy theory that Canada is not a real place. <laughs> oh, yeah, just people live there, no real. No, I mean, I have Canadian, it's but it doesn't real, mean anything. It's not a real place. Can I move to the States? Can you give me a green card? <laughs> a green uh, card, by ready. the way, is not that easy. No, you must be going to oh, no, I'm my here now. Oh, no. still don't have one. Uh, it's hard. hard. Yeah, it's really, really hey, hard. Hey, I own an American business and I don't have one. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, my sponsor is not Canadian. <laughs> Listen, you send us smoke. Lord. You think we want to welcome you into the country? <laughs> exactly. It's going to take a minute. Did you see the pictures? I was in that, like in that orange smoke in Manhattan. I was also, I was actually in Bayonne that day for a meeting and it smelled so, so strongly. I, I kept, <laughs> I was sitting in a meeting and I kept trying to like, like subtly like sniffing yeah. myself because right? I thought it was I wore a mask and it I didn't smell inside the building open. with the closed windows and it I was like crazy. So crazy. It looked like Mad Max. It it like when you were walking in the streets of Manhattan, it looked like a Mad Max movie. It was oh my God. very strange. Crazy. On that wonderful note, I really have to get this wig off my head. <laughs> like really. <laughs> this was so fun. Can we make it a weekly thing? By the way, I don't I'll bring popcorn next time. Wait, but I made so I, much popcorn, get the popcorn for to me in Queens. You get the popcorn to me in Queens, and I will Wait, do. Can I just one. tell you that I made so much popcorn for Shabbos? I bought eighty ounce tubs. I thought eighty ounces was bigger than it is. I bought two of them, and I filled them both, and then I filled another thing, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna have popcorn for the whole Shabbos, and then we had we had guests, and then like a ton of kids came over, and there's popcorn all over my floor, but there's no popcorn left to eat. Do you know that I own a popcorn machine like they have in the movie theater? But of course the you I, do. I told my husband my husband's birthday is in a couple of weeks, and my When's husband told me he got me. July 6th. Okay, so I'm August 17th, so we're not oh, far. My anniversary is We should August. have a popcorn party. <laughs> yes, and I, I keep guessing, like, ridiculous things. So I told him, oh, did you get me one of those, like, movie theater size like proper popcorn machines I which is really funny if you realize that i live in a tiny apartment <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and i told him we could get rid of you we could get rid of your bed you could sleep on the couch <laughs> and then we can have a popcorn machine and a massage chair guys it is literally <laughs> 1 a.m for her yeah yeah oh gosh okay
I, I'm, I'm calling it. Okay. I gotta go to bed, guys. I, I hope this saves because this was so with fantastic. all the silliness, Thank we you. had a lot Everybody of really for joining us. Host. They could well, save it. I'm the host. Um, I'm the host. I'm going to save it. And I'm also going to publish this as this week's podcast episode on Monday. So for people who don't want to listen to lives on their phone, they can listen to it as a podcast. Amazing. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for joining everybody. This was such a fantastic conversation. And please pass my offer on to your WhatsApp chat. I'm going to put it out. I'm going to put it out. Thank you so much. Good night. Do it. I know. It's fine. Bye. Good night, everybody. Bye, guys. Good night. Thanks for listening. Links to anything we mentioned during this conversation can be found in the show notes. On the last episode, I spoke with educator Robin Schick about the state of our high school students. Listen to it wherever you're hearing this one. The Be Impactful podcast is a project of Impact Fashion, the clothing line I created because I believe that we are all deserving of the beautiful things life has to offer. See my modest designs that are available in sizes 2 through 28 by going to impactfashionnyc.com. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art. There are currently 19 people listed by Ora Agunot as a recalcitrant party. View their names, photos, locations, and details of their cases by visiting getora.org slash recalcitrant-parties. The upstart art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nissan Fedman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rifkid Squids. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.nyc. As always, here's making impact together.